Welcome to Modelly Wounded Podcast, episode 51. I'm your host, James. And I'm your host, Chris. And joining us today, we have a returning special guest to the show, Clint Mallet. How are you, Clint? I'm good. I'm good. I'm disappointed, though. I thought I was going to be on Coinwatch, and uh, I've clearly <laughs> been gypped into talking about Age of Sigma. Uh, <laughs> it's like the version of our Diggs Road show, just coin yes. watch. Coin now that watch. the coins, now the coins died, how much everyone's coins are worth? Yeah, yeah. little yeah. little window into pre-record chat there. Yeah, <laughs> James is getting excited over fifty cent coins, fifty cent pieces. <laughs> yeah, the nineteen seventy seven Jubilee um, rare fifty cent coin. There's a, like a run of like I don't know ten thousand or so, which were. <laughs> minted in era which uh didn't have the jubilee design on the back had the normal australian um sort of coat of arms design but uh, yeah, if you see one of those they're worth about 26k so yeah check all so your hang on, the most coins. expensive the most expensive ones are the ones without the queen on them <laughs> no no they, they've got the queen on them it's just the reverse side like the reverse side's oh. got all, like the, they were meant to all have like a jubilee design kind of thing and then there were some that were printed off as just the regular 50 cent for that year when I weren't supposed to. So, there you go. yeah. There you go, there Clint. You, go. you have been on Coinwatch. I know. I know. <laughs> I love it. I just had to make one comment and James went off on his thing. Again. Straight into it. You <laughs> could tell he wanted to talk about it. He wanted to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> Too funny. Anyway, welcome back to the show, Clint. It's good to have you on. So, um, I'm sure everyone probably knows having you on, uh, we're likely to be talking about CanCon um as the main subject for this episode uh as you are the organizer and it is back this year so uh that will be kind of i guess the meat and bones of this show but um before we get into that should we have the usual catch-up with hobby and games played if any and clint as the guest do you want to do you want to start okay so games play is really easy because i haven't played anything since gold con which was like two months ago now yeah, about yeah, seven weeks actually this weekend. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think either of our podcasts did anything about it as no. far as content I was goes. Say, I, actually, I think we were going to do a, a gold con episode, and yeah, no, it's uh, been a while, and um, we've both it been has, a bit sick. So yeah, oh, it's but it's I've, been hectic. Yeah, but I played both of you, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, we could talk yeah. about that, I guess. We could talk about our <laughs> games played there. Uh, yeah. Well. Um, I don't remember them other than I beat James and Drew with you. That's all I remember. I yeah, but you beat me by times. like one, you beat me by one point. Because yeah. you, yeah. you got me on, like I didn't get my grand strat, if I remember. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you got yours. So you got me, beat me by that one, that crucial one point. But yep. I think my biggest memory from that game was my Pebble Son chasing Manfred around the board. <laughs> the whole game, just this constant threat. Couldn't roll a one, yeah. though, unfortunately. Because <laughs> Manfred couldn't dispel for crap yeah no i remember that that was it was quite frustrating yeah that was fun yeah. it was a good it was a good time yeah especially when the uh the bar opened and the beers started flowing through that barn tournament <laughs> that was a good yes, day you were fairly you were fairly jolly that evening i was very uh, well, well lubricated by yeah, the... say you you had a pretty good drink i did not because especially because mick was there one driving yeah oh, yeah mick <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well yeah it was mick's birthday weekend so yeah, yeah i think that's right. the first time i've like actually seen mick properly drunk oh in full force yeah <laughs> and he had yeah people including myself just kept, kept dropping off drinks for him 
and uh, yeah, he was pretty drunk towards the end, which was funny. Yeah, yeah, he was doing that for me as well. He just kept on putting like bourbon and cokes on my on the gaming table. I, re- I felt real sorry for the last guy I played with on the um on the first day. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, but yeah, Too Goldcon fun, yeah. was awesome. It was a good time. I think I had a buy buy round. I think round two for memory, and that was I think that was what tipped me over the edge because <laughs> it was just like three hours of like. Walking around, talking, talking, watching games, chatting to people, and you know, believe it or not, yeah. drinks. <laughs> it's actually probably fun. The time I remember thinking, like, oh, that's a bit of a shame that you've got the buy having come up from like Canberra. But then actually, like, of a tournament, you still got to play a tournament, play four games, and then you get that like good three and a bit hour kind of break where you're not stressing and you just get to walk around and actually see what's going on around you and yeah. chat to people and have a drink. <laughs> yeah, I, it was, I, I didn't mind at all. Like um, Nicole was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, and I'm just like, no, don't worry. Like, this is actually quite nice. Like, I don't mind this at all. Thank you. Like, I didn't, don't, don't worry about it. Um, yeah, I got to go around and talk to people who, like, you probably wouldn't normally get to have a chance to have that much of a conversation with. Like, of course, you say hi to every, everyone or as many people as you can, but you just... Sometimes you don't get a chance to go much further than a very sort of general chit chat, but um, yeah, this gave the opportunity to actually get to know some more people um, a bit more than what you normally would. So yeah, it's good. It's good for a change. And and you and I played Chris. I was going to say we did. Um, I originally won that game by two points and then realized that I can't do math, which is bad for my profession and uh, (laughs) went went through, was going through the game in my head going, No, but we both dropped a battle tactic and this happened and I don't know how actually that makes sense and it was niggling at me. So I went back to Nicole and went, can I just have my book and just go back through the scores and work this out and then realised that I'd added it up wrong and we actually had a dead draw. So um, that was good. (laughs) Yes. I was happy with either result, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I just didn't want to be that guy that goes, oh, yeah, I went 4-1, but... <laughs> yeah, it's quite like you math, but because so, I can't add things up, yeah. And like, no, but, it was a really good game, genuinely. Like, it was um, mm. like I was trying to, I was trying to, I was trying to win it and um, couldn't. And um, <laughs> I'd say things went well for me, like, in that you didn't make any of those charges on the second turn where you kind of dropped your four things to try and make nine inch charges and then didn't get any of them. And what, one of them was a seven inch with a re-roll. One of them was a seven and then a re-roll and it just was not, not happening. And Manfred couldn't kill Teclas. Uh, he, oh, he nearly he, did. <laughs> nearly did. Yeah. Couldn't quite just do it though. So yeah, no, that was, it was a fun game. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was good to play you again. Cause it's been a few years, I think so. Yeah. yeah, well, I think... I'd, I'd never played James, and then yeah. Yeah, it had to have been many years since we played in the tournament, Chris. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was just blown away that, like, after all these years, still hadn't actually had a game. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, let's make this fucking thing happen. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah cool. so that's games, because I literally haven't rolled any dice since then, I don't think. Yeah, I'm the same. Oh, no, I did. I tested, because Chris... You and I sat down after our game and theory crafted up a list. That's right. Um, yep. And I tested that against Henry not too long afterwards. So it's still been like a month or so since my game. Um, but yeah, um, I hate Thunder Lizard and their damage <laughs> reduction. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, it's incredibly frustrating. Ah, 
Is that the one where you where you've like none of your random matters? It, and they halves all your damage. damage. Yeah, you yeah. reduce all your damage. So yeah. like everything that's damaged two is now damage one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. if you if you've, if you've re- read the recent meta watch, the tweaks they made to Thunder Lizard have brought it back in line, so it's now perfectly fine. So of course nothing, it is. There's nothing to worry about apparently. No, I was <laughs> not worried at all. Um, yeah, because it's uh, the, all the skinks and stuff don't get it now. Croak doesn't get it. Like it's only the Saurus. Saurus, Saurus monsters. Like it's yeah, it's still on bits. lots of things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's still on fighting characters. It's still on yeah, yeah. All of yeah, the stuff I, that you want to actually do damage on. Weirdly, I'm enough. definitely being facetious. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Um, as far as hobby goes, um, uh, the other day sat down and, and built some terrain with Amelia um, for CanCon. Basically, just gave her a box of Azerite ruins and went, there you go. <laughs> Clip the two halves of these together and glue them down on some MDF. And so she did that and while we watched some anime. Uh, and I've been painting up my uh, Runex force. Um, as well as doing some other commission stuff for for people, um, Vengorian lords and whatnot. So, yeah, nice. Yeah. So, what are you paying um, up for Renex? Um, yeah. You want, to, well, you want to talk about, or are you we keep you under the hat? Are we are we talking about Renex stuff, or are we not? Or maybe maybe when we talk about Renex stuff later, yeah. we could um, okay, yeah, d- dive into into yeah. what is your Renex army. But, but basically for this army i've been working with um non-metallic metals uh doing because i'd done like an underworld's war band a little while ago with non-metallic metal like non-metallic gold Mm -hmm. um but doing sort of like blue steel effects on this alongside the gold um and (laughs) sorry chris just made a face really good radio but uh yeah thanks you can't say blue steel and not get the I, I'm like i know i know but it's just i just happened to be yeah paying attention at the time um so doing those uh, just playing around with that um which is interesting across a whole army on a tight deadline trying to do mm. uh, extensive blending so um and also playing around with pigments for basing and stuff so yeah cool like it yeah how are you finding the pigments? Uh, look, I put them down and they looked real good. And then to make sure that they didn't go anywhere, I sealed them on and then they didn't look as good. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, I see. And I've seen some stuff there. It's like you absolutely have to, you know, fix the pigments onto your base or it'll come off everywhere. Every time you touch it, you know, your model mm. will get covered in dust or whatever. And eventually you'll just have a blend, blend base again. And, then other people have been like, nah, it's fine, you know, won't matter. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, we'll err, err on the side of caution. But um, I don't mind it too much. Um, like once it's fixed, di- it, it fixed in, it still looks different to, you know, painting up and dry brushing sand and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. fix it and then go back and do like your dusty layer on top again. So you've still got the color there if it falls off or rubs off or whatever yeah yeah i do paint the color underneath like i do i'm I'm sure it's overkill but i do a texture like it's basically just a clear texture with grit in it 
um, yeah. and then I paint that my base color and then I put the dust on. So yeah, if, if stuff comes off, there's still some color there, but yeah. it's not crazy. And then some yeah. tufts and washes in the tufts and things like that. So mm. yeah, cool. Mm. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's nice. really been my hobby. And then yeah, smashing that out for Runax and then it's uh, full steam ahead again on CanCon stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Did you have a lot more to do for CanCon? Like, it'd probably, I know you'd already have a lot, quite a lot ready, but um, how much more do you need to get get going on? We're talking in the hundreds of pieces, and we can talk about why in the CanCon bit a little bit later. But yeah, all right, okay. like it's an extensive, <laughs> it's an extensive workload. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, cool. Yeah, well, Chris, what do you, what is, uh, what's been going on in your hobby world? Um, yeah, like, uh, yeah, obviously had the gold con, um, and then I have been getting some games in, in the past couple of weeks, um, which have been good. Um, a couple against Corey, um, cause he's pretty close to me. So we've played a few games recently. I've been, uh, I've taken the Sylvaneth out of the cupboard. Um, so they've been sitting in there for Ooh, nice. two, two or three years. Um, and yeah, I've been playing with them recently. Um, playing a few games. Um, pro- I've probably only done about three or so, um, and I ke- like uh, every single list has been very different um, because, and I keep writing loads and loads of lists. I think honestly, in the last couple of weeks, like I've probably put about thirty Sylvaneth lists into my app, um, which is hard because I keep just going, oh, I don't know what's good. Do I flick around? What? And then it's like, what do you play it into and everything? Um, so it's yeah, it's got my brain ticking over. Um, and it's finally made me buy and build some uh, of the only Kernoths I never did before, which is the Scythes. So I've now uh, finally built myself six Scythe Hunters in the last two evenings um, for hobby. Um, so yes, I've now yes. got six Scythes, six Swords and nine Bows. Um, so I don't think I'll need more than that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of games played. Um, not been doing great with them. Um, I need to get the play style right for me which is a big shift in how i play um because i've always been someone that tries to get like especially like when i used to play sylvaneth like three odd years ago um when i did like pretty well with them and was known for playing them um they were 100 percent kind of flood the board have like dryads and stuff on all the objectives and you got on all the objectives early and then tried to kind of hold on and and stuff but um now it's very different i feel like you almost don't like you you even in some missions potentially give up the the more point and you just go one two stay safe get my tactic and that's it and you don't you just don't put any units out there that can get attacked by your opponent in the next turn and you just try and kill your opponent from range striking and fading magic etc and then in turns three four five is then when you go and take the other objectives on the board when your opponent's got less stuff to deal with you kind of thing. Mm. Um, so I, I'm having to pull myself back a bit cause I keep being like, oh, I'll just go teleport those true revs over there and get that objective. But then I'm like, oh, I had one two and my opponent only had one. So like I didn't need to move and I already had one, two more. So yeah, okay. like, yep. why did I go put those true revs there? And then my opponent was able to kill them the next turn. And then I'm like, oh damn, now I'm down a unit. Um, mm. So yeah, I'm just trying to. I need to adjust that in my in my playstyle and stuff. But it's it's good. It's fun. It's cool to go back to the army with a very different playstyle. But it still also feel like it plays how the army is probably like in mm. the fluff or whatever design that it should play like. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I can't 
I can't put the bows down. I keep I keep including six bows at least with like the arch rev in every list because I was always a bow boy. Um and I don't I don't know about them in all honesty. Like they just don't seem to have high enough damage, like consistent. I think you have to take the purple sun with them for the extra rend. And even then they're still not like they just don't put enough damage through. Um whereas like a six pack of sides when they hit, I think they just do much more and then you take them out and they're fine. Um, so yeah, I, I'm trying to see what I can do, but the points feel very tight. So I keep being like, Oh, what can I do to change this list? And it just feels like a, every single list doesn't feel perfect to me. Like it feels like it's got a big weakness and I need something else in it, or it won't be able to deal with X, Y, and Z. Um, I've written one list, which probably does fit everything. I feel like I want in the list. And I think I, I look at it and go, okay, that's probably really strong. Um, I don't know if it's quite the play style I'd want to do because it's probably it's probably the one list that I would say doesn't really feel like it fits their play style. Um, but I do think it's probably the strongest list I've written. Um, oh, wow. So I might I might try it out and give it a crack. Um, I'm not mm -hmm. gonna yeah I'm not gonna take it to Runex or anything because I'd, I'd need to get a few quite a few of the models and paint it all up because um, I haven't got any of the new stuff painted. Um, I've built most of the new stuff, like the um, the Gossamid Archers. I've got a couple of boxes of, and I built one of those. Mm -hmm. I built the Lady of Vines. I got some of the Revenant Seekers. Um, so yeah, I've been doing a fair bit of building in terms of hobby, but I've done no painting for mm. probably like six months or so. Um, basically, since I did my last hobby push to get my Deepkin finished for Border War back in April. Um, mm. But yeah, um, my hobby space downstairs is almost ready now i feel like i'm probably a week away from like putting my desk and actually like doing my setup in my hobby room downstairs finally so then i'm awesome. looking forward to actually starting to get painting again and just starting to really like every evening sit down and do two or three hours and paint and just start smashing through like soul blight and anything else i kind of want to paint um because yeah now i've got my hobby room i've got my big display cabinet i've been putting all my armies of painted stuff into that display cabinet and it's it's going to make me go oh, okay i need to i've got all these models but actually it's not a playable army like i think that's the one thing putting it all into the cabinet made me realize like i actually have a lot less playable armies than i think i do because i i see all this stuff and i'm like oh yeah i've got that i've got that and i'm like oh but it's not actually painted or it's not even built but i'm like oh i've got that but yeah. if it's not built and painted, you don't have that. Like, yeah, yeah. owning it yeah. and being able to use it tomorrow is very different things. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's the thing where yeah, I think the cabinet is like, okay, like I yeah, I want to start like just getting everything I'm gonna own and want built, and then just like painting it. And part of that is having a huge clear out and going, okay, look, I'm never gonna use this stuff. Like I've got excess on sprues or whatever and starting to organize all of that and get like just sell off the stuff I probably will never ever use. Um which yeah, there's been some stuff in the process of unpacking all the boxes and putting stuff away into the new like cupboard under the stairs. I realized at one point I must have bought Bastion Carthalos and then six months later gone oh there's a list with bastion in i'll, I'll just go buy bastion and then <laughs> bought him again not realizing i'd already bought him and i'd forgotten about it so uh, i had got mine out built it and then i was going through everything i was like why why is there another bastion here that's like in brand new box so <laughs> no it's uh, so you can field both options either helmeted or unhelmeted oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but i exactly. uh, 
Yeah, no, I was like, oh, apparently I bought two of these. Ben Spinetti <laughs> has been building up a converted Stormcast army and was like, hey, Chris, do you want to sell that Bastion? And then I'll be like, okay. And then other things, he's like, oh, do you have a spare Vexilla from the Dominion? I'm like, I have four Dominion boxes. So yes, Ben, I do. Like, <laughs> so I've just been like sending him, sending Ben a bunch of uh, a bunch of stuff. So he's benefiting from my hoarding. Yeah. But yeah, how about you, James? Well, um, well, since we last recorded, I think it's about three months since our last uh, recording. So, um, I had a little, I had a spurt of um, hobby in the lead up to Goldcon to get my Soul Blight list um, up to scratch. So, tried to you know want to add a few more different units to the army. Uh, so, I, I painted up uh, Radica the Beast, uh, the Varg Skier, the um, uh, the Bloodborne, and. I think what else did I paint up? I think that was it. Oh, and some Vargeists. Some Vargeists? Yeah. yeah, I painted up the Vargeists as well. Um, so I got them ready um, for, for Golcon to add to my list. Um, yeah, really enjoyed playing with those units. Uh, the Bloodborne are really cool. I really like those. Um, the Vargski was really cool. Bradicar was cool. Like, yeah, it was just, yeah, it's good. So I had those painted up. Uh, but since but since I went to um, Golcon, I haven't done any games or hobby since then. So I had like a... I usually have a bit of a lull after a, a tournament, um, usually for like a week or two uh, before I sort of kick back into painting something or whatever, playing games. Um, but yeah, I just haven't, I haven't. It's been like almost two months and I haven't picked up a paintbrush or or had any games. Um, I think it's just mainly because I've been a bit, um, <coughs> as you can hear, a bit of a, <laughs> a, a ongoing cold slash, you know, just, ugh, it's been shit. But um. But also work yeah. has been quite demanding as well. Uh, so my energy has been depleted <laughs> quite uh, ferociously over the last couple of months. So I just I've just been just hanging in there, working, just going through the uh, the the motions through the routine. And so unfortunately, that sort of pushed hobby to the side for now. But I feel like I'm starting to turn a corner. Um, and with Runax coming up, I know lists are due next week. So I've got to decide whether I want to add some more units to the the Soul Blight, uh, or or not. <laughs> um, I probably should just to you know have a bit of have something new to put on the table and and um, present for you know the Wet Palette Warriors. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with hobby at the moment. I do I decided I'd put out some uh, some Mantic sail ships. So there's a game called Armada, which is like kind of like reminiscent of the old Man of War game from the back in the day. Um, so it's like a square base naval warfare with battles game with, um, you know, basically sail ships. So I've got like a little orc fleet and a little, um, Basilean human fleet, um, which are on my, de- on my desk, which is going to be my little palette cleanser to get me back into, uh, the hobby mojo. So it's a little quick, quick win, um, project completion. I could probably bash out in a weekend or something. So just got to get my ass in the gear and do that. <laughs> and then I'll probably add some units to the soul blight so i've been thinking about doing the um finally doing that brand becker giant skeleton and maybe oh, run cool. him as um drog fort kicker uh in for runax but um yeah not not fully decided but that's if i was going to do anything i'd probably paint a giant skeleton um, to add to the army <laughs> it's it coming up to halloween it, so. yes it, yeah. it's definitely the month for painting giant skeletons uh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and you've got like <laughs> 
six days to decide on a list. So, you know, yeah, if, yeah. If, if I you chuck write in that there. down and put it in, it'll make you do it. Yeah, that's it. Go yeah. on. Six days to do a list. I don't even have a full team at the moment. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's coming up quick. To, and I'm still trying to lock in a, a fourth person for the team. So uh, to I hear have, that there's I, only six I, is concerning. Yeah, I, I, um, I thought of somebody for you today, Chris. So I'll shoot that to you later. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Cool. I, d- I don't know if they have elves though, but you might just have to. I think flexible. we've already, I've already, uh, we've already decided that I think the elves will be shelved. Um, and, <laughs> elves uh, on the shelf. Yeah, elves on the shelf. I was gonna change our team name to Elves on the Shelf because, um, <laughs> that's a good, that's because a good <laughs> I don't think we'll. Uh, well, our third, our well would have been our fourth is Jet, so he'll be bringing Bone Splitters. I'm pretty sure because that's what he has. Yeah. Um, mm. So like, I was already like, don't. Oh no, he's not. I think he's playing Death actually, but um, yeah, it wasn't going to be Elves, so I'm like, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I oh. have no idea what I'm going to play yet. I think I know what Liam's going to play, but um, yeah, not sure. Look, um, if you yeah. if you really want to think about it, Orcs are basically Elves. I mean, they yeah, were Elves. According they to, were Elves. Yeah. According yeah. to Lord yeah, of the according Rings to canon, yeah. Lord, well, that's it. Corrupted Lord, elves. Lord of the Rings so, canon. So, is that just like a canon that just fires DVDs of Lord of the Rings at you? I, yeah, well, I, I've said that, and now I'm not so sure, and I'm sure somebody's yelling at me that's like, no, they just made that up for the movies. No, no, it's in the law. And to it's you, there. angry Lord of the Rings nerd, I don't care. Keep bashing your keyboard. <laughs> oh, no, too funny. All right, well, no, that's a good catch-up. Should we... Uh, yeah. Should we... Uh, crack into the main section of the show then and as we have clint on talk all things cancon um ticket sales ticket sales obviously went on sale two weeks ago i want to say two Um, two weeks ago tomorrow two weeks yeah yeah, and they yeah and they sold out two weeks ago and one hour tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) exactly and it didn't crash this time did it no because they used to you know, it... an internationally um, available system that, you know, powers e-commerce for many different things. Yeah. Not well, yeah. but they did. Yeah, it definitely was. It was definitely American from the enter your zip kind of thing on it. Um, yeah, but... I heard somebody yeah. got very confused about that. What was I listening to? Uh, Gammy uh, and oh, Yeah, yeah, the Runex yeah. radio. They were like, what's a zip? And I'm like... Come on, guys. Everyone's heard of a zip code, surely. Like, yeah. I was just like, also, what do you always have to put in when you buy anything online? It's like address, postcode thing. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. But I, I feel like it was when they were putting in like card details, maybe, and that could have thrown them. I don't know. That was the impression I got while listening to them talk about it. So. Yeah. I'm just going to yeah. start some podcast beef and just say, I don't know, Gammy's a teacher. I wouldn't want him teaching my kids if he doesn't know what a zip code is, but yeah. Well, he's already <laughs> got a beef with someone. I can't, I can't keep him too busy. I wouldn't worry about it anyway, because I, I doubt he listens to that to our podcast. So That's true. You know, he's, he's never going to hear, hear your beef. It's been, quite, it's been quite a few months in the wild yeah. west. <laughs> he listens to Harold, so I'm sure he listens to us, uh, to the, you guys. <laughs> listen to us, so sure. Listen to you. That's what I meant to say. Oh dear, oh, too funny. But yes, so, Clint, love you, Gabby. What's, love, what's love going you, Gabby. on? What's going on for CanCon that we we don't already know that you are willing to share? 
Well, I don't know. It depends on how much you want me to go into stuff because some questions were raised like on Runax about different decisions that I'd made and things like that. And I'm like, oh. and I don't think it's enough for me to put out a podcast <laughs> for all. It's like, this is why we're doing this and this is why we're doing this and whatever. Go for it. Um, it. Yeah, right. Well, I think the big one is five rounds and not six, which I think caught people by surprise. Um, but... Six rounds is really long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Six and to so to split two hundred and twenty players properly, I think we need eight rounds. Oh God, really? I think uh, you would need yes, technically you would need eight. Yep. Yeah. Because with so, six, you'd get down to three five O's. So seven rounds, you could still have two. So you would need eight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we did them. Yeah, after after the six rounds, we still had. Yeah, it was still a bunch that had all won their games. So five. So going to six doesn't add that much other than an extra game, um, extra time. We didn't finish packing up in twenty twenty until midnight. Was yeah. when we'd finished packing up, like, uh, and then left early the next morning. So that's fairly horrific day the next day um so five rounds we've adjusted the scoring like i I adjusted the scoring so that each game it it should be very hard for lots of people to have the same score over five rounds because you get points for achieving and denying grand strats achieving and denying battle tactics um, plus the the major, minor, whatever uh, wins. Mm. Um, so it it should actually be quite difficult. So you might there might be a bunch of people who've won five games, but we shouldn't have the same score at the top for mm-hmm. quite a few players. Um, it, it was kind of kind of the best solution for what we had to do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's enough, I, I guess, I, enough very less variables in there to kind of split the pack out. You'd think, hopefully. Yeah, those. yeah. You don't have a true winner, but as we've just discussed, nobody, nobody mm. wants to play eight rounds to Ugh. find the true winner. No. Um, they do in some events I've seen. They do like a top cut, top eight, which is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, maybe, I was just about to say, do something like that. Mm. Yeah, maybe if the public holiday was the Monday, we could probably do that. Run mm. it across three days, but. As it is, there's no public holiday Monday, so be a bit yep. rude to ask people to take a day off um, that they don't know that they need until yeah. the end you of the day. The yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. that's that's yeah, that's kind of my thinking against the top A is because you've got to book flights for the next day or whatever, um, all that sort of stuff. But if the convention was still on, you have things that you could do. Um. Yeah. So that's that thought there. Yeah. No, Although, I mean, we've. I think we talked about it before. I think when you'd said to me, early days, like, yeah, it's probably going to be five rounds, and I was like, to be honest, yes. Like, the one year I did the six rounds, that sixth game was hell, and I was playing against Tubby, which is something that I'm like, awesome. I was so glad to see that it was like Tubby as my sixth round opponent. One, because cool, I get to play Tubs. But also just so I was like, oh, thank God we can both kind of just chill out because we were both like dying. Oh and it got to the, we were like round three 
Tubbs was ahead and we just I just went mate you've won the game let's just call it and he was like oh thank god i'm so happy (laughs) like we're playing and we're just like honestly we don't want to play anymore which is a thing of like does that almost put a damper on it and as you say like the top it would be three people like there were three five o's after six games anyway so you're still deciding the podium via random other tiebreakers not random but by tiebreaker and you're making 217 other people have to play another game to get to a podium that's still decided by tiebreaker so really that extra game it just means the podium is decided by tiebreakers from a pool of six people instead of three but 214 other people don't like you don't have to play that extra game and yeah it will just be a much better experience for all getting home and chilling out and yeah yeah everyone yeah. knows what they're going into as well in terms of army selection and army design if you want to be at the top based on the pack i already have thoughts on how i think it's going to skew for the top based on the differential um yeah. but yeah i don't know if that's the thing you want yeah. to go into or not but <laughs> yeah well the, the hope the hope is that those six people at the top have all very different scores like, because if you just do straight win loss draw, of course it's going to be painful. But if you make people play their games properly, and the 2020 pack had a bit of a, a you know, we had achieve and deny secondaries and holding on to victory, uh, on to part like a large part of your army as well, because you had kill a thousand points, keep yep. a thousand points, you know, and that's, I know it skews army builds for people who care, but. It just makes makes you have to play for different things. And I'm hoping that, you know, if you have to achieve or deny battle tactics, that makes a much more interactive game for those people as well. Um, although somebody ha- has told me that there's some stuff in the New Zinch book, some grand strats that can't be denied or something like that. I haven't read them myself. Um, but uh, Basically, if, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that may... So I may have to reconsider that because that's well. I'm, well, I'm it's slightly not that annoyed that it's the first thing that came out after we put the pack out that broke it. But look, it's not I, that you. That's can't... what I mean. I have to look at it first. Yeah, it's not that you can't not deny. Like if your opponent doesn't want to use them, then yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. But in not using them, they're not using part of their army resource, I guess. Because one of the grand strats is just end the game with a score of nine or higher on your combined destiny dice. So if you roll your destiny dice and you just mm, sit there okay. and go, and you just go, well, I've got a five and a four in my pool. I'm literally just going to take them out. So I'm not tempted, put them to the side. My grand strat's done. Like there's nothing yeah. you can do about it. How yeah. do you deny that? That, yeah. yeah. And so your opponent just picked up some points that you can, you could never yeah. hope to deny. Yeah. So I have to think about that. Um, uh, slightly, yeah, slightly. But missed. fire slayers uh, have got the, have an invocation on the board. If you play someone that yeah. literally doesn't have a priest, they've they've got their grand strat and you can't do anything about it like there's there's other ones that you there is and Mm. it's also however many books away uh you know that sort of thing as well you know but yeah zinch was very strong last uh cancon so you know i'm i'm not surprised that zinch again that's thrown a spanner into the works yeah so yeah, have to have to admit they're nice. Uh, the blue and magenta sort of cover is like 
catching my eye and I'm thinking maybe I'll just get the book and just have a read and dive in, do zinch. Why not? That's how it starts. See yeah. all these people, they're like, oh, that book looks interesting. Next thing you yeah. know, they're growing eight tentacles, surrounded yeah. by, you know, a, a team of conspirators, and they're overthrowing a town. Basically, <laughs> we've just heard James as the downward slide the into initial... uh, turning to the gods of chaos. Yeah. There's, oh yeah, I can see there's a feathered growth in the side of his neck, just whispering into his ear, just... <laughs> poking out from the side of the beard. <laughs> oh, too funny. Which is yeah. looking lovely this evening. Yeah, James oh. is James is sporting a, a good, healthy beard and a bit of a, a twirly mustachio as yes. well. It's it's getting I've, there, I've yeah. grown it myself. <laughs> I could, should hope it's, so. It's probably, it's probably solid enough that you could like spray it gold, and it would look like one of the Caradron face plate like mask okay. beard things. Yeah, maybe you need to start dwarves if you're gonna grow beards like that. <laughs> that that's another thing I've thought about doing as well. Dwarves, they've always been on my doorstep. Oh, you need to listen to. Uh, I just list, finished listening to uh, the uh, Overlords of the Iron Dragon book by uh, C.L. Werner on Audible. And um, that is literally Caradron and Zinch. So yes, <laughs> if you're, yes. if you're I, interested in those two. That's not a new book, is it? Oh, is probably it not. just a it new just audio on my, yeah. Maybe it was a new thing on Audible, but it just appeared mm. in my like search yeah. thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've got a few credits and mm. I need a new book. So I got that yeah, and another another one. Sorry? It, good book? Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I've got it on my shelf. I, I bought it ages ago and I still haven't read it, so... Yeah, she get round to it. I'm I'm very good at buying books and then buying the <laughs> audible of them and then yeah. <laughs> listening to that, but then saying I've read it and having a nice book collection. So, yeah, yes, uh, we were talking about CanCon. We were <laughs> at some point. Zinch, uh, it's just Zinch coming in and ruining the plans as always. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so. That's five rounds and the change to the scoring, basically, so that we can spread things out. Uh, yeah. What else has been? Well, I'm trying I was to say because you also on release of like the pack have said book battle tactics will be allowed, but you've comped the doors of Cain for no extra points, which is I think an excellent kind of decision. Well, it's well, it's not my thing. Uh, I pinched it from the Notorious Boys. Um, they asked me for help. Um, snazzing up their pack so I got to, to read it and I was reading it through and I'm like that is a good thing I will steal that um, <laughs> but it's just well I think it's a good alternative to just outright banning book yep. tactics yep. yeah um, because I don't think that's a good way to do it but then you have some stuff that can run away um, and get extra points for it so I think just the standard two like two points or whatever they're worth in that particular scenario and no extras. So there's still really easy ones. Every, yeah. Like each book has one that's just like, oh, this is so bloody easy. It's ridiculous. Um, I've been playing no. Lumineth. I've been playing Lumineth, who I think are the only army now that basically don't have battle tactics. And well, wait until your book. I comes haven't. Out. Yeah. No, I haven't. All I was going to yeah. say is I, I think the eight normal ones are fine. Like, I rarely find myself being like, oh, there's no tactic I can do. You just have the order of play. So I think all yeah. the book one, I think all the book ones do is just give you some that are a bit more thematic to your army. And like, yes, a few of them are probably easier on certain turns than others. But I don't think the game's at a stage where in most missions, 
there isn't a fairly easy order of the five battle tactics if you think about it even just from the normal ones so as long yeah. as people aren't getting extra points then yeah. i think yeah. it's fine like honestly yeah. i think it's fine and i think it's fun and flavorful oh yeah i i like yeah. you know it's the, using stuff from your book is always fun you know it fits your army and things like that and you shouldn't be yeah. penalized for it but some of them is just some, some of them are just a bit too far yeah mm. yeah yeah mm. so there's that um i'm just trying to yeah trying to think of the different things that people have asked questions about or that i didn't want to write eight pages to explain um the painting bands yep it's probably another thing that i've heard people comment on uh so you know in previous years pretty much right from the word go i'm pretty sure we've had a, a painting rubric there where you got points for yeah. basically turning up and having your army painted and then each you know bit of extravagance adds in and you know it was capped at you know, 20 which was a major win at that stage um you know display boards and all that sort of conversions and freehand and whatever and it's across 220 players it's incredibly time consuming to grade Mm, yes <laughs> which is one of them and what you found what i found was looking at previous years is that they all clump they all sit at 20 15 10 like they all kind of you've got a bunch like they kind of gather at various points because that's the seems to be the various levels of people are painting to so i just mm. put those into bands yeah, um that we sense. basically we can look at an army and go in two or three, um, you know, probably in about five, 10 seconds, go, yep, that's a disband or whatever. And yep. you can go deeper uh, to make sure that people have doing, you know, have things that will kick them up into the big, bigger levels and things like that. Um, and we tend to, we tend to know who those people are already. Um they're the people who you've seen on Instagram showing off their armies or they're posting in things. And so, because people are super proud of their armies before CanCon, you know, you have all those threads of people putting up armies and things like that. So a lot of time you get to start looking at them early and you can kind of, you already know um, where different levels of people are as far as their painting goes. And then you get wonderful surprises, of course, but um, yeah. yeah, I think, the banding is a time thing and it just makes it easier for scoring as well. Um, yeah. On that, yeah. actually, because I don't yeah, you've, I, I, I don't know from the, the rubric, like from the pack, actually, what, how many painting points actually go towards your like overall score for the tournament? Like to your ranking, essentially score, like is the painting out of 20? Yeah, it's or is painting it... out of 20. A painting okay. is out of twenty, and a major win, a full, a full major win is thirty points. So they're not; it's not a major win anymore. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it still counts. It's still important. Mm. Um, no, I was just going to say because like not getting twenty, like the twenty for me is like I don't think possible. So <laughs> I was like, okay, if that actually comes into the score, but if it's not a full major win, because I was like, actually, you might find that the people at the top are the the very competitive gamers that have like also really good painters. Cause I think those points might actually matter at that stage. But if it's a major 30 and the paintings 20, if, it probably if they're, if they're a hobby all rounder, then that's good. That's where the tournament is, you know? So um, I, I, 
it, and it's my personal bias too, right? Like, and that applies to every tournament that gets run. You know, there's always part of the, the people who run it in, in the tournament. And, you know, I think painting super important. It's part of the hobby that I enjoy. I don't make it ridiculous amounts of points um, because I know that it's not everybody's cup of tea, but I also want it to count. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then they're just named orky names because we're in the realm of beast this year, so, you know, for the next, for yeah. this, this event. So the one after when we're in the realm of fire or wherever games workshop decides to take us, uh, they'll be called something else. But, um, you know, I was trying to think of like, you know, battle ready and then tabletop and tabletop plus and, you know, and it just kind of felt, I don't know. I couldn't come up with four that I really liked until I'm like, why don't I just call them after orcs? Yeah. <laughs> Different no, iron jaws units. Yeah. yeah and, it's and fresh. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's nice and fresh. Something, a different approach, even though, but it's still, yeah, as you said, like you, over the years, you'd seen those uh, different um, benchmarks that were already there. So just group it in and call it something different and it's something new and fresh and you can aim for what, whichever level you, you want to go for. And there's no, um, people may have picked up on it. There's no display board, uh, no talk about display board in there. So people don't feel compelled to bring some to get some points. You know, the people who are going to do nuts display boards are going to do them anyway. Like, Danny's still going to turn but, up with his keg. <laughs> yeah, somebody, you know, Tim's going to turn up with his treasure chest. Yeah. Danny's going to turn up with his gallon drum, like 44 yeah. gallon drum. You know, people are still. <laughs> yeah. People turn up with the whole planet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we're working towards there, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but like, the people who are doing that for coolest army are already going to do it. So points aren't really the incentive, but you know, points for a display board were making people make a small display board that they had to figure out how to put on a plane or load into a friend's car or whatever. Yeah. Um, Because I'm not blind to the fact that this thing is miles away from 90% of the players, Um, you know, being, a 12 hour drive myself. So, you know, I'm, I'm aware of that restriction. And previously we probably didn't cater that as much. Um, So, you know, we sort of probably forced people to do stuff that they didn't necessarily want to do and, and put undue stress on them. So um, not doing that. Um, Yeah. I think the paint bands will work well. And that's the thing. If they don't work well, well then we just won't do it next time. There's been plenty of experimentation with with stuff we've done at Call of Glory. Um, uh, you know, different scoring systems and different uh, uh, ways we did scenarios and, you know, realms and things like that when that was a... I kind of miss realms a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're in them. We're just in one. Very fixed. Yeah, I know. Realm. I know. But it doesn't, it, yeah, it doesn't feel as good. I don't know. It just it, it doesn't feel as uh, strongly centered in that realm. So, yeah. Yeah, when you yeah. you had people picking the army that they, the realm that their army came from, and then you were playing in a realm, but you would get people coming from their armies were coming from realm. Like I do kind of miss those like eight trees of universal artifacts tied to the realms. So you're like, oh, mine comes from 
guy ran and then you've got this guy strike away like i the artifacts could be toned back a bit but like i yeah i know what you mean like you get that yeah. bit of flavor flavor even the exact same army list you can be like well actually now this one comes from shaish and it gives me access to this spell and this thing and that makes the list a bit different kind of thing yeah yeah it and it gave people a way to put their army in a home um if they if they didn't want to go nuts converting and stuff like that i don't know i just i don't miss all of the stuff around all the discussion around realms and some of the realm stuff but i kind of miss the idea i don't know there's got to be a happy medium in there somewhere um something else i thought about uh that we're doing this year and that we've did in the pack this year that's fairly important is talking about accessibility for people Mm, yeah which sprang so so uh uh, smorgan was on unidentified wargamer a couple of months back and um he was taught he talked very briefly about um making events more accessible for people Mm, and um it kind of sparked an idea like it sparked a thought that I hadn't quite considered that before. And mm. so I jumped, jumped on Twitter and started talking to Smorgan and we talked, you know, what, what sort of stuff were you thinking about and how, you know, what, how do you feel about different stuff? Um, and it really sort of germinated from that as far as making sure people who have mobility issues or sensory problem, like sensory disorders or even just sensory issues or whatever. Mm. Yep. How do we make them, how do we let them be prepared for the tournament? And how do we cater better to those people with, you know, mobility issues? CanCon's a horrific venue if you have to try and move between tables. Yeah, um, okay. So, you know, if you've, if you're um, in a wheelchair or any sort of limited mobility, CanCon be a nightmare. And it's something I hadn't considered before, and but we, you know, we need to as a community start thinking about that. Uh, so you know, that's why in the pack, with you know, if you've got mobility issues, get in touch. You know, we'll we will make an area of the event. We'll push, you know, CGS be damned. We'll push out into different areas if we need to. You know, to make sure that players can play. You know comfortably and get around the table that they need to and 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 be a part of the event in a way that they probably wouldn't have been able to in years previous um and then as far as sensory things and it kind of made me feel a little bit bad because uh you know elliot uh it has um has asd so he's on the autism spectrum he's sensitive to noise and overstimulation and things like that and we went to a you know we go somewhere we always pack headphones you know like noise like um like not headphones they're like noise cancelling ear ear defenders basically and things like that because if it gets too much he can put them on and it doesn't ruin you know it takes the edge off and it doesn't ruin the event for him and you know, we went and played doubles at Battle Station and, you know, we had to take some time out because there was lots of people in a small space and it was very echoey and, you mm. know, and that had happened, you know, 12 months ago, 18 months ago. And I'd never kind of connected that 
are like that's a problem for other people too. Like I knew it was, but I'd never put that and events and organizing it. Like I hadn't put all those bits together yeah. until this yeah. conversation with Smallman. So, yeah. you know, that's why. And like KenCon being KenCon, there's only so much we can do. Like we don't control that environment, but we can warn people that it will be full on if you've got sensory, you, you, you may have some, you know, you may get overstimulated. You may, you know, it may be impactful. So bring, you know, there's a thing called flare flares that just sort of sit in your ears. They take the edge off sound. I had to wear them to, um, the G-Dub finals because it was so loud. And I got a headache when I went for heat two or something like that. I'm like, it was too much for me. And I wore these flares the next time and I'm like, Oh God, this is amazing. You know, I can think. And so if you're already, if you're super sensitive to, you know, sensory stuff, KenCon would be awful. Like mm, it'd be yeah, really easily yeah. to go for it to be too much. Um, so, you know, we can, we'll try and set up, like, like I said, there's only so much we can do, but we can try and set up an area outside for people to chill, to like just go out, you know, sit, be calm in the shade, just chill. Yeah between rounds, whatever, bring these sort of things, bring this, you know, try and be, be prepared is what it is. And, mm. you know, if we were running a, uh, you know, a, the event outside of a convention, you know, which, you know, stay tuned, who knows, you know, you might have a quiet area where there is, you know, it's not in a corner near all the hard services for all the sound to bounce off. It's, you know, in a different room, you guys have a separate room, I know that you're doing a painting competition in it or something like that for slaughter, uh, you know, but you might have an area which has less tables that you can move people to for that mm. sort of thing. There's yeah. just, yeah, different ideas. And it, small almost like a, almost like a chai tent, you know, have a, have a big chai tent with like pillows and lounges and, yeah, maybe, maybe not just quite like, that, that far, but yeah, like, yeah. yes, like, yes, as far as like serve, zone, but also just, just like a, serve a chai, you know, just lots of chai and stuff like that. <laughs> but um, I, you, you've taken it to the extreme. I was just yeah, thinking a room really where it isn't so noisy, mm, where yeah, it yeah. isn't mm. so full on, so yeah, for yeah. them to still play their game. I'm just crafting um, my, my chill out zone for the future. I'm just throwing it out. Yeah, there. fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, no, it's, um, it's good. Like, literally, I was just, as you're talking, I was thinking, like, about it for, yeah, like, slaughter next year or whatever and going, oh, yeah, that's something I haven't thought about ever. And, like, thinking about that hall, actually, like, I've always just been like, I love the hall. It's an amazing space. But I'm like, this is not wheelchair accessible in the slightest. You have to climb upstairs to get into the room. And then you have to climb down multiple stairs every tier to get like <clears throat> where you're going. You're constantly going up and down stairs. Um, even like I was thinking we've got hopefully that room at the back. If we had, yeah, somebody like message us and reach out in advance this year and say, hey, like I've got X, Y, Z. It's normally like gaming rooms are too loud for me, it, whatever it is. And it, like, but I want to come, but I'd need a, a kind of quieter space. Like we could probably put a table in that room um at the top and it would basically just be you and your opponent a few people milling around maybe like looking at the painting or whatever but there's still a staircase as well for like people that are in a wheelchair or whatever to get up the front and look that's not something we can do anything about i'm sure the venue must have 
like a ramp or something that they can do to get people or a lift probably they would they they must have to but it's not something that's even gone through my mind before though which is really bad and ignorant on my part and it's something that i as a to definitely need to get more across as well and um and consider like so 100 percent. when i saw that in your pack and everything i read it and i was like yeah like this is brilliant and i'm i'm kind of disappointed in myself that it's taken me four or five years of whatever wargaming and still not even considered it until i read it in a pack to go obviously like do you know, like honestly i read it and i went how have right. how have we not been doing this before and i felt really bad and guilty on my own like thing for not doing it I'm I'm a parent to two neurodivergent children and I'd never thought of it. So I understand other people not thinking of it because it's not their lived experience, but it doesn't, I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but if we start having the conversation now and this, you know, kicks something off, uh, some people have already contacted me for the wording so that they can look at it and see how they can adjust it for their packs, for their events, you know, going forward for some big events, um, you know, all over the world like if it just kicked like that little bit that the two sams had kick-started the conversation that then turned into that so if that turns into more you know more discussion and more changes and more accommodation for all of the different sorts of war gamers then that's a good thing so that you hadn't thought about it before isn't as big an issue of if you thought about it now and didn't do anything, I yeah. I think that's my personal feeling, but yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Just... It's on my, like, as soon as I read it, I was like, I have to put something like this in, in the slaughter pack. And yeah, like it hundred percent will be a consideration of any event. Like I run going forward, like personally, and I'm not someone that like has really grown up or been around or has like my own child. Like I've never really been around people with those, sorts of disabilities but it's not really an excuse and it's something that as soon as i saw it i'm like yep okay this is definitely something we need to accommodate and i need to think about going forward so no i I thought it was brilliant and yeah well done for doing it and obviously to to smorgan as well for bringing it up as well and i think it's great that yeah the community is talking about it more as well yeah it's it's if the conversation is happening then we're already winning as far as like as conversations happening and things are happening you know and you've got to give props also to you know um, people like uh meth so andrew um twitch streamer he talks about mental health visibility all the time so he's like up there you know he's he's almost leading this charge as far as mental health and mental health visibility and wargaming and accommodating you know everyone into it so i feel like he needs to to get a bit of a shout out there as well so okay sorry uh that was a interesting <laughs> it could have been very ranty i tried to to, to hold hold it on <laughs> no you gotta get everything across i think it's good yeah 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 so it's it's worth saying that um just circling back to cancon and the pack as a whole that we're going to be revising it shortly um yeah the elephant just just with things like I'll have to look at the grand strategies that some armies can do. And if, mm. if achieve deny grand strat is going to be a, a thing that we can hold people to, you know, we could use mm. um, just explaining some stuff better. Um, yeah. 
one of those being 3D printing. Um, I I was trying to write some stuff. I bounced it off Travis. Travis is like, why don't you just do dot points? Like, bam. And it's like, that explains what you want easily and without too much fluff around it. Uh, apparent, like, our intent still hasn't come across through that, just based on questions that I've been asked. Um, so we're going to revise that we're not walking back any positions. We're just explaining them further. So there won't be, it's, you know, we won't suddenly be allowing, you know, everything in, you know, open slather, have, have a go. We're not toughening them up like the, the Runex pack. Uh, it'll just be the, this is what we mean a little bit better. Um, yeah. I know 3d printing is a weird sort of, I don't know. I've seen some comments that Australia's stance on 3d printing is really weird. I don't know. I don't look mm. at other places for their stuff. Um, but it, it's an event that's being supported by Games Workshop. So majority Games Workshop minis should be there. Like they're, they're putting, you know, they are, they are supporting the event. I don't think I've said that officially anywhere yet. I don't know. I can't remember. That's not in the pack yet because I hadn't firmed mm. it up at the time of writing, but that'll be in the next revision you know so trophies again and different bits and pieces so that'll be that'll be awesome those sweet hammer trophies awesome. will be available for people to win um awesome. yeah so gw supported event probably makes sense to support them in kind for the most part but i yeah. get some models are crap <laughs> some models yeah. are firecast uh, reproductions of stuff from to get. <laughs> 20 years ago uh somebody yeah somebody's asked me about you know dragon ogres that have been out of stock or like stegodons that are perpetually out of stock i was like well how can you expect someone to get them yeah and there's that aspect of the create creative freedom coming up with yeah. unique things um to represent stuff as long as it's easily re representable but yeah there's that line i guess you don't want to kind of create a situation where you can just go all out um 3d print a full army paint it like dog shit and put it on the table and expect that to be okay yeah, yeah. for me honestly i i just still i always think it's the you you can't write like you can't write a blanket rule on it it literally has mm. to just follow the standard rule of like don't be a dick like don't don't take the piss and if you're putting effort in and what you're trying to do like looks good it's going to be fine if you're doing it solely for the purpose of just like trying to save money, minimal effort, like, and I don't say like trying to save money, like in the terms of 3d printing, that's fine, but you can 3d print well, and you can also 3d print even like more cheaply and really terribly and buying mm. like 99 P army soldier figure, like terrible bu bucket of bugs from a kid's toy store. Kind of there's, there's differences <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's, it's just, <laughs> it's like yeah, just toy sharks or something. Just don't take the piss, <laughs> which I never did in, in the end, but it's just the like, don't take the piss kind of thing. Um, and then I think it's fine. Um, and yeah. there are some G, there are some GW units that are terrible. And there are companies that have done way nicer alternate versions and they look awesome. And I think it would be a shame to not allow them just because it's a Abs 3D print. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, that's the thing. I don't, and that's why I don't want to blank. Yeah. 
don't want blanket rules. I want sort of guidelines that people can still ask me about. Um, and there's actually somebody who's waiting for me to come back to them on an email now about some stuff that they've sent me. I haven't replied. It's been two days, so that's very naughty of me, but I have been super busy. Um, it's been a big family weekend. Um, but, you know, he's got a theme in mind for his army, so he's getting models that, you know, are, fit that theme, even though the Games Workshop ones are still good, but they don't fit the theme that he has. So, you know, if he's got, you know, half half of the model, models of G-Dub anyway, and he's converting them, and then he's got, you know, some centerpieces that are 3D printed that are awesome, that's awesome. You know, that's cool. I, I've been looking at 3D prints for my Runax army because there's some models that I want to include that uh, are terrible in the Games Workshop range. Uh, <laughs> you know, they were designed in metal in 2005 and then they got shifted to Finecast and... I wonder I what s- they could be. The well, you know what the army is, yeah. <laughs> oh, so- <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah. <laughs> And and also that doesn't fit the, the the theme of my army either. So I'm like, what what do I what can I find in 3D prints that'll fix fix that that hole, you know? So I'm definitely not anti 3D printing. That's not the case at all. And I didn't, you know, there was some conversations happening that I didn't really want to engage in um, for various reasons. Um, but basically, the, the aim is not to deny anyone, you know, use of stuff that they have. It's just to create an expectation around who's supporting the event, you know, game stores, games workshop themselves, people, people don't sell 3d prints and sponsor events, you know, that sort of thing. So yeah. that's a consideration that I have. And it's worth, it's worth saying, cause you have said games workshop are sponsoring the event and they have not stipulated that as part of that sponsorship, you have to ban non-gw miniatures or anything like that which a few years ago they 100 percent would have done so like i think that's something that people also need to recognize on the games workshop side is they're not the necessarily nazi-ish control company that necessarily some people think they are um because a few years ago 100 percent that was a thing and like at warhammer world you can only play with citadel miniatures like out like at which it's Warhammer World. It kind of makes sense. But yeah. they used to stipulate for sponsoring events, everything had to be an official Citadel miniature. Yeah. So they're right. not doing that. So in themselves, I think they're recognizing that the world is moving on a bit. Well, so An independent event is independent. Yeah. Yeah. So, and if they're going to support those events, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a good point that I, previously, I hadn't considered making, but knew in the back of my head, is that, yeah, there's no pressure from above, you know, so to speak on whatever my stance is it's purely a a personal stance um that i think uh, purely personal stance. it's purely a stance that i think um to provide a good event for everyone it's setting a standard yeah trying to set a standard yeah i think it's the fairest which which is completely reasonable approach Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I was going to comment and, before, like saying, like with with the CanCon pack. Historically, it's been the pack that's kind of set the standard for packs as well, and the things that are in the pack kind of tend to carry over for the rest of like into that year and beyond. So this is like you know with the inclusion of this kind of thing with the three D printing standards and the um, also with the sens- sensory um, and uh, people uh, with, with disabilities and whatnot coming into play, 
um, it's something we'll see carried forward, setting that standard in the pack. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We traditionally have sort of set a standard across this. this I, I love seeing wording that I've written in packs other places. And I know I've said it before, but, you know, there's mm-hmm. a line in the thing about, you know, um, using a Vargolf as a Morngol or something like that. And I've seen that in packs all over the world. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I wrote that. Like, <laughs> you know, I wrote that in 2016 or something like that. And it's still in my packs and it's still in other people's packs. But um, I don't think anyone's yeah. ever actually tried to do that, though. <laughs> have I, they? I don't know. I haven't I, think I've seen it that. Would, it would have just been a random example that I thought of because I think yeah. there's another one about a high elf dragon as a magma dragon, but I think I took that out. <laughs> um, I can't remember. But um, yeah, I was someone, just reaching for the crazy examples. Um, <laughs> someone, someone 3D print <laughs> a, Varga, a Vargeist and try to pull it off as a Mongol and <laughs> see if that gets through. Just just to combine all of the different things, unpainted yeah. 3D printed Vargolf as a Mongol. <laughs> and then also as a Magma Dragon. <laughs> yeah. I was going to add, after we sort of talked about the 3D prints and things like that, I've, I rarely say no. Like, because people come to me with ideas and I, oh, you know, and it'll either be, like I've seen some, some scary ones, uh, some stinkers, sorry to those people but they were bad ideas or low effort ideas and and low effort is a weird term because everyone's effort is different but sticking one model on top of another model like literally no conversions or adding or green stuff it was literally just taking the infantry model and sticking it on top of something else which was i think it was like a piece of scenery to represent a completely different model and it didn't look anything like it. It didn't look anything like it could be considered like that. But to that that guy and I had a conversation and we're like, I'm like, look, at that stage, it's not great because, you know, it's meant to be this, you know, um, it's meant to be a demonic engine because I think it was for Chaos Dwarves or something like that and you couldn't get them. And I get that, like, you have to convert something up. But he, yeah, it was literally just like a, it was like I think a, a castle of priest stuck on top of the ball spell or something, like it was something very yeah, okay. basic like that. And I'm like, look, no, let's like that's not good enough. But why don't you think about like integrating some cool tech elements in it? To so I basically gave helped him. Assist, I'm trying to think of the word, but just like pointed in in some directions of like this would actually make this really cool like i like the idea but why don't you do this and this and this and then it basically it becomes a cool conversion of your own and you know i'll absolutely tick it because it's awesome and he went away and he did that you know he added some doom wheel bits and he added you know like he made it into a really cool conversion in the end um but he just needed to be pointed in the right direction and he may not have been you know an accomplished hobbyist or something like that but you know giving him that poke i think he really stretched himself and got it done but yeah i really say no i generally say why don't we try this or you know why don't we do this yeah Yeah, i think that's fair like we me and james i think said no to a few things for slaughter last year and like most like probably 95 percent of things i'm like yeah, no, that looks awesome. Actually, like, encourage it. Like, oh, that's wicked. Can't wait to see it kind of thing. Mm. Um, like, Jono with his 3D printed vampiric 
army that was all stormcast. Yeah, they were all like three D printed vampires. Um, but yeah, it was a stormcast it, army. Um, I was like, no, this is this looks wicked. Um, it's yeah. really cool. Um, He'd gone to a, a huge amount of effort to get that um, up to you know up to a beautiful standard of painting, and it looked amazing and it was fantastic. Everyone got into it. It was good. It's fine. Yeah. But like all yeah. the models were clear. Like it was clear looking at it that like there's your storm drake guard that's your celestine prime they're your annihilators like it Mm. was it was super clear um but it was really cool but then we have had people send us stuff that is like sticking a 40k gun onto like a an aos model and and just doing some stuff that also then with pictures of other stuff in the army like yeah but then this doesn't like this doesn't fit with this and this and if i'm honest it just really looks bad like it's not it's not something that you've like taken the effort to you've just had this model and you've chucked a 40k gun on it and like it yeah it just i've gone no like i'm sorry but no and then the person's obviously no but this is my vision for the army and you're like look i'm sorry but it just no like it's not a cohesive like at that point you're going yeah but it's not a cohesive vision because that where's that theme across all the other models you've sent me like it just yeah there's a point where you're going yeah but is it your theme or are you just telling me because you want me to approve that model and I, you, I just have to look and go i'm sorry but personally i think that looks a bit rubbish and i wouldn't want to play it and it's my tournament i'm just gonna say no and like if yeah. if that makes me an asshole to that person then fine like they've they've still turned up and i think it's always been fine and i think even in the, on the tournament weekend they're trying to be like oh this was this is the thing i was going for and i'm like that's fine but i still wasn't okay with it like end of the day yeah. so and if they decided look i want a refund i'd be like 100 percent, that's your right to do so and here you go no problem but there's a line that i'm gonna draw in the sand and kind of go look this is it um but and i'll and i'll always do that and that's why i said i don't think you can make blanket rules I think you allow everything on the basis of if it's not an official GW model that meets the painting standard that everyone is set to, you need approval and it's going to be on a case by case basis kind of thing. Yeah. But. And that's also super subjective and things like that. So, my the thing I say no most to is I have these orcs with spears. Can I run them as orcs with swords? Well, no, because that's a different unit in yeah. your army it's not busy week. works completely differently mm. yeah and yeah so it's like you know <laughs> the and if you played you know like gore grunters with the um their two did this, weapon options who did this clip name and shame name and no, shame just, no. no i I'm would just, never no no i'm just joking you have, to be, you have to be pretty bad for me to name and shame no worries <laughs> um but like yeah, it's like the two different weapon options for Iron Jaws, um, for the, the Gore Grunters. They're quite different um, rules, uh, like stat lines. Mm. And if you know Iron Jaws, and, you, and a lot of people do because they're a fairly straightforward army. They have three War Scrolls. Like, people get to know them, and they've been around since almost the start, right? So they're the kind of thing that people know. And you're like, cool, those gore grunters have the these options. And you're like, cool. And then they go in and then they do something completely different. And you're like, ah, that's right. In the two minutes that we talked at the start of the game, he actually said that they had this. But that was two hours ago. And like, 
to be <laughs> fair, it's Iron Jaws that that would be charging you first turn. But like in this example, you know, it's two hours later. You've forgotten that two minute conversation at the start because there's been a game on, and the models aren't clear. Yeah, I just think if it's meant to be a dude with a spear, it has to be a dude with a spear. I I don't know. And people yep. are going to disagree with that as well, but yeah, I think well, it's important. Maybe down at the local shop when you're just like trying a list and you got you want to do some proxies and stuff, that's fine. No issues yeah. at all. No problem there. It doesn't have to be painted. Look, just put bases on the table, you know. Um, but uh, at a tournament, it's can it's and have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like yeah, tuna can. That. What was that tuna can? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, tournaments different game. I think everyone knows by now. Like it's just yeah, tournaments is is your uh, A game. You would think everyone. Mm. Knows. It's, it's it's not yeah. garage hammer. We're not doing garage hammer. It even is, though, even though it so- is hard. Mm. Like yeah. there the are iron, lots. The Iron Jaws one is actually a perfect example because it's like because the game they do do this thing now where there's multiple profiles. Like one year of GHB, it'll be like this profile is way better. So everyone's like, cool, I've built mine with two hand weapons because that's clearly the best option. And then the next year, they're like, oh, we need to revise around this or sell some more models or do something. Mm. And then they're like, now the Jagged Gore Hacker is by far the best weapon. So obviously everyone wants to play that version. And it's like, oh, are you going to make people swap their models every year or whatever? And it's like, yes. well, I guess yes, if you want to if you want to win and you want to compete, you need to have that in mind and like magnetize, magnetize, magnetize. stuff or mm. cut the axe it, off and replace it with this. Like, yeah. It's also, as or I just said, Iron Jaws, they have three war scrolls. You probably have a lot of stuff anyway. And they're in the star collecting box. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but what if you've painted it, them all up? You've got to you've got to break your model to like just three D, just three D print it. It'll be fine. No, <laughs> don't do that. The, <laughs> it's an I. It was a three D printed Iron Jaws army that started my started me thinking about stuff like that. Yeah. Um, no. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've actually speaking of everybody knows. I've I've got a playlist finally. Um, I got it early this morning, That's and good. there's lots of names on there that I don't know, and that cool. makes me excited. Awesome! That makes me very excited. Uh, that'll be going up in the event soon. Um, it'll definitely be up by the time people hear this. But like, um, that means that the scene is growing. That means that there's new groups popping up and playing the game and things like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I used to know everyone that came to Cancun, and I would like go, "Oh, hey, Adam," and he would go, "How do you remember me? You've seen me once a year ago." I'm like, "Yeah, but my brain is broken, and I remember everyone that comes to Cancun." <laughs> You're like the Santa Claus of just I just, I just, it, it frustrates my wife a lot because I remember people that she doesn't think I've met, but like, um, sorry. But I'm going to have to learn a whole bunch of new names. That's awesome. <laughs> but that's also interesting because, <laughs> like, the event hasn't grown, right? Like, it's 220, 220. And right. then if there's a whole heap of people on that list that are new, then that means there's a whole heap of people that obviously went last time that I guess couldn't get tickets or whatever this time. And, like, maybe some of them are dropped off. They can't go. But it's like, does that mean that, yeah, there's loads of people that missed out as well? Like, yeah. to what well, I'm there's... saying is, when are you going to make it 300? <laughs> that had to come at some point right 
Uh, when when we when we split it off and go independent, yeah, 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 you have to do a special so, deal with CanCon and just say, look, can we just have all of the event space and have just Age of Sigma? Oh, James, I don't think Clint wants anything to do with CanCon. <laughs> <laughs> I think Clint wants to do his own thing and just yes, no, yeah. the, le- the less I have to deal with the yeah. uh, Canberra Games Society, the the better. But it'd still um, be on the. Um, the Australia Day long weekend or around thereabouts as it Don't is. Don't push me year. for details on a no. theoretical in, independent tournament that wouldn't be happening for at least 18 months to two years anyway. Okay, Don't so push me for details. So doing we've, already established, we've already established it needs 2024 to be. 2024 it is, okay. Cool. It needs to All be right. essentially this weekend, so the public holiday is a Monday, so that we can do the eight-draw cut on the Monday and it's a three-day <laughs> tournament. Like We've already established that. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i've i'm too busy organizing this one rather than anything else uh <laughs> but look frustrations have boiled over to the point where i've looked at venues don't worry um but yes uh, i forgot where we got to oh making it 300 um i've so i know in. people who regularly come that are going doing other things they got weddings or whatever like it's just it's a popular weekend you know so there are people who dropped off there's a bunch of people who regularly come that are on the wait list (laughs) yeah because they didn't didn't sort of get in in time and things like that uh that always churns fairly quickly so people shouldn't be worried um the reason that we've kept it the size that we have is actually and i kind of talked about this briefly at the start uh was our resources right so 220 players is 110 tables it's a lot of tables it's 880 pieces of terrain previously we have had sort of 10 pieces of terrain on a table 10 to 11 and we provided half of the table and then players provided a couple of pieces each and filled out the other half Hmm. this year we don't have that requirement of players once again, because it's a pain in the ass for people to bring terrain. And I understand that we just needed to do it in the first couple of years. Otherwise, mm. it'd still be a 100-player event. Yeah, we've all, you know? we've all like, done that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so mm. this year, well, 2023, God, what yeah, What year is it? Yeah, yeah. it will be 2023, yeah. 23. <laughs> we keep saying this year, but it's actually next year. But um, the next CanCon, you know... Uh, we'll be doing all eight pieces of terrain on the table. So Sweet. that's why I have to make so much is because we don't have that much. <laughs> so, but the plan is that we do that. And then in future, we can look at expanding because we only have to do X amount, you know, more, more terrain. Whereas if we wanted to go to 300, I would still either have to do just as much terrain still, impose on people to bring some of their own which went which leads to random stuff like columns on a base being one piece of terrain and like just because they had to fit it into a flight case you know what i mean so Mm, um we either had to impose on people to bring terrain again and expand to 300 and then you know the experience doesn't improve for people or we kept it at where we were still the biggest in the world i'm pretty sure at 220 provided we hit that number um which we probably will 
come in around that. Well, you know, between the 200 yeah. and 220, you know, but we can make it so people rock up. The train's on the table. The train matches the board it's on, um, you know, to the best of our ability. All the boards are in Canberra, so I can only do so much as far as colour matching goes. I vaguely know. Um, you know, Trav did a stock take of terrain for me um, a little while ago, so I know what we've got and what I have to build. But people turn up, all matching terrain on the table. We've marked out um, what it all is. They can just play. Yep. You know, there's no rules required for placing terrain. They don't have to roll it. They don't have to worry about breaking their stuff, getting it to and from. You know, I think it just improves the experience. It builds up our resources as well. Um, and those are resources that we lend to people regularly as well. You know, um, our terrain's yeah. gone to, I think it went to Border War. Um, I think it, it, like it did some Canberra events as well. Um, you know, so we're always happy to to help out with the terrain because it is a resource that people can use and we just want to build on that. But we also want to improve the experience for the players. Like we, I could have turned around and said, right, we're going to 400. CGS probably would have had a heart attack um, <laughs> about where they were going to put us. Um, but then it would have been the same old deal. You know, Everyone half brings the four table. Pieces each. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody brings stuff and, you know, it's not it's not helpful. It's not nice. It's like then um, you have to roll off and play as per the actual battle plan rules for how you set up the game and everything because there'll be nothing on the tables. Yeah, well, the half the yeah, there'll be a couple of pieces on the table, but then you get tables yeah. that old mate's got desert terrain to match his army, but you're playing on a green grassy field, and then your opponent has lava terrain or something like that. So you've got like three different types. It doesn't. I know that doesn't matter for some people, but it would get to me. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. like no, immersive I terrain. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, but some people don't don't matter. So yeah, that was one big change that we wanted to do, and I don't. It's got to be a location I, that makes sense, at least. Yeah, but I I don't know if it's really clocked with people yet, or they have seen it and just haven't commented on it or whatever. Um, because we we had the terrain requirement for a couple of years, I think so. Honestly, yeah. I think it's because it's been two years and I think up to that point, most events probably were doing the terrain requirement. And then since then, every event I know of has dropped that requirement. And as TOs have been able to build up their own stocks of terrain to basically make that not a thing anymore. So I think everyone's kind of just gone, oh, yeah, this is how the Australian scene is now. Like it's big enough. Yeah. That the events that are established have put in the work to make the terrain collections so that people don't have to bring them. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I will shout out Trav and his shed where most of the CanCon stuff lives at the moment. Yeah. It is something I have thought about because CanCon is, let's be honest, like it is the Australian event where like everyone from all over Australia like travels to it. And I've been like the terrain thing, as you said, like if you wanted to make it 400 people or whatever, so that's 200 tables. I'm like, if you pretty much had like a central like person or you've got you've you've got a group at least one group in every i guess state or like community and if essentially you went look every group either they pull it together or they if it's done and then they take it back you then take 50 tables worth of terrain 
back to each state. So like Sydney's gaming group has the 50 tables worth of the terrain. Brisbane has 50 tables of terrain. Like Melbourne has 50 tables of terrain. Adelaide has 50, etc. And then it's like, as Mick long as everyone... Jim have 50 ter- tables yeah, of terrain. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but you know what I mean? I, I do feel like it is something where as a community, like a, a countrywide community, we absolutely could have the champions in each state be like, this is the Queensland terrain and it gets down to Canberra or it gets down to wherever for the big event of the year. And we go, everyone comes together and it's 400 players and it's not this burden of like the TO having to do all this terrain or whatever. And it is a whole community thing. And it's just like that that terrain then goes back to that state and it is the terrain for that, like for big events in that state as well. Because it then means every state has got the terrain to do 100 person events as well mm. um yeah it's an interesting yeah. idea i think it require a lot of coordination um i know that um say uh, measured gaming they had a big stock of terrain and they used to lend it out to people that it came to cancon one year um they did a bunch of tables there which i was very thankful for um and they did a bunch i think they took some to like sagt the first year it was run and things like that but i think they stopped doing it because it just got damaged and yeah. i understand that because they had nice terrain, but not everybody respects it. Packing it up, pulling it out, moving it around, doing that over and over again just damages stuff as well. So, I, yeah, I think it's kind of why my – it sounds weird, but a lot of the, my terrain that I build is fairly chunky. It's fair like it's, you know, hills and, and columns and this and this and this. I try and build it so it lasts and doesn't. Like, it's not the prettiest terrain. It's not going to win any awards, but it packs well. It will last because we're still using terrain that I built for the first CanCon, you know. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, but see, that's, that's one issue with perhaps um, people bringing terrain is that it doesn't get respected as much. It goes missing. Uh, you know, we had a Mac go missing one year. Poor James, it was his Mac. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, it just went into somebody, a club's pile, probably. Someone like, flogged my just... mat. Who yeah. flogged my mat? Give it back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure it just got like rolled up and put into someone's pile Bastards. of a club and whatever. <laughs> just, yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I replaced story. it. Don't be cranky. Um, <laughs> no, you. You gave me a mat, thank you. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, you have stuff like that that you know. All of a sudden, they, this this club brings fifty mats and leaves with fifty one, or a different fifty, or like not input, not not intentionally. I'm not. There's which, no. Which club? There's which no club? guilt being thrown at anyone. <laughs> it's just human nature that if you've got that yeah. much shit flying around, and when you're packing up a tournament, you're not paying attention. You would like to pack up the table on and go home. Yeah. And how would right. you know? How would you know who's yeah? Like yeah, that's the you wouldn't yeah. You just so like, just that sort of shit. So that would make it hard. But I like the idea. I would love it. We have to find, or alternatively, we get a warehouse in Canberra that can fit terrain for four hundred people, and that's fine. I will make it, but it just has to live somewhere. Travis has already said that I take up enough of his shed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trav. Yeah, so Trav- I apparently cannot yeah. store 200 tables in Travis's shed. Uh, I, I don't know if that's an order from him or his wife. 
<laughs> a little bit of column A, a little oh, bit both. of column B. Oh, both. Probably both. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, so, yeah. Yeah. Look. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about terrain and why we're doing that. Yep. Yeah. Cool. No, it's, it's yeah, yeah, I just think it's something that, yeah, everyone needs their terrain collections and, and, and building them. And, look, yeah, I get what you're saying. And, yeah, it will always happen. And I think there's there's only so much you can do. And hopefully the community respects that. And whether it's a, I guess if you had terrain coming from four communities, each of those communities is going to have like the, I guess the champions of that community that are the people bringing it that hopefully, I don't know, if you set up the hall and it's in four quarters kind of thing, if each table is yeah. like 50 tables get a yellow sticker and like the, that is all the yellow terrain and it all goes there. 50 tables have a little blue stick or whatever. And it's like, at the end for pack down you've got the new south wales tables you've got the queensland tables you've got the, and those those people like the champions of those communities that brought it yeah. are the ones in that corner going hey everyone all this stuff needs to come back over here and then they can then yeah. organize setting that down because again if you're a to running a 400 person event if it gets there you can't be doing that like that has to just be other people at that size have to start taking charge and breaking it down just like you have in a business right where you've got your directors you've got your senior managers and then you just manage everything and you've got to just delegate and break stuff down and then as long as the people that are so then it's it's people looking after their own terrain so if it's it's not you making the 400 p tables worth of terrain but like the Sydney person is like, well, this is my, this is the train I've built or I've bought or whatever. They're going to want to make sure it, it's in good quality. So then they, at the end, need to be like, yep, we all agreed. We were here for setup. They organized their crew of people that know the terrain and they set it up in their area and, and vice versa. And if you do that in four sections, like it should be achievable. And I also think it would be, again, really good for the community because like i know we have our right like we have the interstate rivalries and there's all the gaming groups and everything but ultimately everyone just wants the benefit of the australian community and everyone would band together to be able to say Fuck yeah australia has a 400 player event <laughs> and like no one person is doing that like no one no one's doing like no one person on their own is doing that and has if the, the, team effort, the community hashtags. wants it yeah has like to be it. a team team effort yeah. yeah. Well, I was thinking that you could divvy it up like we do the Australian Senate, right? So, you know, each each of the big states send a certain amount of terrain and then the in Tasmania send a smaller amount, right? You know, you'll call it a count. We'll call all, it a, all the states do like the number of seats and ACT and TAS sent, you know, 20 tables each or something like that. So it's diminished to represent their small size and uh, contribute contribution to uh, Australia. <laughs> take that tasmania yeah <laughs> shout out to mitch and um oh no i have completely blanked for the hobby business who ever ran the hobart gt yeah so mitch in hobart and oh my god i'm just disappointed it's not randy he was the randy. only that as far, was, as, I, oh, as, far oh, as I know, I was as far completely as I know, blanking on his name. Poor it Randy. Is Randy. It is Randy. Ra no, Randy's not running the Hobart GT. Oh, but I was, was going to say other, the other player the only, in Tasmania. Yeah, that he's I knew. the only other Tasmanian AOS <laughs> player I'm aware of. Clearly, it's been too long since I've seen Randy because his name didn't pop into my head. Um, yeah, so shout out to Mitch and Randy, the only two players from Tasmania I've ever met. Um, <laughs> I met Mitch at Goldcon. Um, 
Yeah, so you got Mitch. Right. Mitch is Mitch is running the tournament, and his um, assistant TO is Adam Hart. I don't know who that is. Is it Mitch yeah. Baskies? Yes. Yeah, Mitch Baskies. Yeah. Okay, right. He I came up to Golcon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hobart Hammer. Like... Yeah. Yeah. I remember people too that go to tournaments. I'm like, oh yeah. I did. Oh. And people walk up to you every year and go, hi, I'm the. And I'm like, yeah, I know who you are. Like, you've come to my event. I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but can you do it for as many people? No. Oh, wait, because your event isn't as big. Uh, uh. Oh, wow. <laughs> Kick him off, James. Where's the mute button? Oh, God. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I don't need to win this, this pissing contest. This, uh, it's only a pissing contest because I know your place, to be Chris. Facetious. Um, yeah. <laughs> No, I decided one, one thing, our, our um, mark is the painting competition. That's that's yeah, what we've that's made cool. our mark. That's cool. That's cool. I'll have to one, come next year and enter yeah. terrible miniatures and not win anything. No, don't do that. <laughs> I was going to say, should we use You don't want a, me to as, come? Should we use that as a beautifully placed segue? If, if, I don't know. James had a question. I James think James go. had a question. I was just, before we leave off on CanCon, I was just looking at the pack again and kudos for the narrative achievements. I know we did that. You've done that in the past. Yep. Um, so the narrative achievements scorecard, I think, is will it be similar to how you did it last time? You've got like a card that you can use to tick off and if you get your line done, you get a prize sort of thing or? You, you go in, in for a prize. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Yep. Oh, cool. Yep. What kind of uh, stuff are going to be on there? probably fairly similar to what's been on there before each year gets a tweak just as the rules get tweaked and stuff like that as well yeah. um you know a couple of people have already checked off the uh throw down a grudge one um that's always on there name heroes all that sort of stuff yeah i've got yeah. To, i've got to figure out exactly what's on there that to be perfectly honest that is a f- it's not low in terms of importance in my considerations but it's something that i know i can do in January, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's one of those. I like I can sit down, I can adjust them, and I can get the cards printed in January, yeah. and it'll be fine. So it's like all the other stuff that kind of yeah, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say because you've you've got the whole month off, right? Which I'm I'm like that's a very smart move actually. Like I'm jealous that you have a whole month off for a start, and I'm like that's a smart move actually because yeah, I know from like running slaughter that I'd be like oh yeah, I can do that closer to the event, and then I'm like around work and everything i'm still scrabbling on the weekend or something to do something and i'm like back office works on the day go <laughs> yeah well i've i've it's got always long, I've, I've got long service leave so you know i racked up 10 years at my job this year so i was just like hmm i've got x amount of leave it's quiet at work in january i'm always really busy in january um why don't i just take the month off it works with school holidays like it just it's just perfect so yeah. I literally put in an application for the first to the thirty-first, the entire month, just to the day. <laughs> nice, and that will hopefully uh, help me with any last-minute scramble. Yeah, no, and then good. yeah, I don't know. Next next year's an interesting year for me, so we'll see how mm. everything turns out. And last but not least, the new GHB shenanigans. So you've got the hard release deadline of thirty-first of December. Using mm-hmm. the new general's handbook, so yeah, interesting to see what happens there. What do you well, reckon will happen? Do you reckon we'll get look, one in time before that? No, no, I don't think we will. Um, we're, we're because yeah, I think we will be the first weekend in January 
like the first non-holiday weekend in January tends to be their big drop. It's normally the preview, yeah. 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 So, because mm. they do, yeah, they do Christmas previews or whatever. And then, you know, we get yeah. something that goes up on pre order on the 5th or something like that. You know, there's, we traditionally get screwed for something coming out just before mm. our list, drop, like, cut off or just after last year. It was last time it was Slaves to Darkness changes that yeah. came out literally three or four hours after list submission closed. Yeah. Which um, it's probably going to be yeah. again because <laughs> it's going to be yeah. slaves to darkness again just before Christmas. Yeah, so just stuff like that. Um, but they were super impactful last time, so we allowed people to resubmit. Like we 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 want people to use their stuff, right? That you know, and we've yeah. always been pretty to I, look. I still cop shit for it, but allowing books in without an FAQ, I've adjusted that. Funny, funnily enough, I copped, I've copped shit about that for two years, and I'm now seeing people getting annoyed because they can't use their stuff because they, it's not FAQ'd because other events started doing that, and now the mood has shifted somewhat back the other way. Whereas our thing was, we just want people to be able to use their toys, and <laughs> we'll just deal with any anything weird on the you know at the time. We'll either rule it beforehand or whatever. You know, we did it. I think we had Zinch first year, then Nurgle, then Gitz, and then Zinch and Caradron. Like I said, Zinch always ruins things. Um, <laughs> so, and we just surprise, want people to use their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as far as the GHB goes, I reckon when it comes out, it'll be early January, which means it won't make the cutoff. Because if it comes out, like if it goes up for pre order the first weekend of January, it's not out until, and GHBs they tend to do two week pre orders on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was last time. I think. Yeah. You know, so that comes out the day of list cutoff. How yeah. do you and write a list? Nah, you can't for a pack that you, uh, you've never used. Yeah. yeah, and it's also it's the hobbying the models for what you're planning on taking, and yeah. like especially with how impactful and how much stuff changed to benefit certain types of units in this one, like GVs. Yeah. If the new GHB comes out and it changes completely to like all Monsters. cavalry or something, all, like yeah. it's it, it's going to be a massive swing to then go, oh, yeah. crap. Well, now this list I've been painting for however many months doesn't work at mm. all. Like you can't, you yeah. can't. I think, I think the next battle scroll will be out and I think it'll probably, that will be the change that yeah. would come out in time that I imagine you guys would let through because I think the Battle Scroll will come out before Christmas. Um, yeah. And the then... Games Workshop yeah. are pretty good at making sure like their winter like their winter FAQ and stuff like that comes out in December so that it can, like, it's done before our event. You know, they've been pretty good about that on purpose. Us and LVO. It's like, it's not just us, but... You know, um, you know, there's a couple of big events in January that they look after. Um, you know, a massive 40k one, and you know, a reasonably sized AOS one, um, especially in comparison to LVO. But um, you know, they make sure that that stuff tends to be out in December for us to use. So, yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I think we'll be playing in Galay for for Cancon. It might not be the newest book, but nobody wants to learn a whole GHB in two weeks. No. Nah. So. Yeah, it's it sucks because, yeah, it in some ways it probably makes the event slightly irrelevant 
but because it like it's not using the latest rules, but you know we have to draw the line somewhere. I don't yeah. think it does. I think it's the biggest event in the world at the end of a season when everyone's had a year of practice. It's kind of like, come on, then who's the? It's Bring not the masters, but it's kind of like who's the best of this season? Who's going to be duking it out at the end in the biggest yeah. event? Like, I yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a great okay. way to ra- to round it off. To be honest, yeah, it's a good way of okay. looking at it. Yeah, mm. yeah. Okay, we'll take your optimistic look. <laughs> Because otherwise, yeah. oh, my, my cup is always half full. Since I moved to Australia, it was probably always half empty in the miserable UK, and then I moved here, and I'm much more um, optimistic on things. But um, the sunshine in your life. Yeah, otherwise, like, if it's the thing of a brand new book, it just becomes the, like, oh, biggest event in the world, but it was all, no one knew what was going on. This thing had just dropped. Yeah. Like, there was the year of Masters when OBR had just come out, right? And everyone was like, oh, it was the year when like masters got one with a brand new book that everyone didn't know how to deal with at the start. And it was considered broken and all this. And it's like you said, Zinch at CanCon last year, it got one by that and it was all this stuff. And it's so I'm almost feel like it's better to have the event be like, Nope, everyone's playing into something. They know yeah. something that's been around for a year. You can't have any of that. Like those things of like, Oh, the results don't really count. Cause it got one by this new thing or whatever that no one understood yeah. or whatever. It's like, Nope. Everyone's been playing in this for a year. Let's round it out, finish it. You have CanCon, and then everyone has that. Like, if the book has come out as well, all the chats of CanCon are like you're chatting, and then everyone's then also talking about the hype of what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? Now yeah. we know what's coming, and yeah. I think that's great. Like, that's a perf- That's my like perfect environment personally. So, oh well, we'll just lock it in now for you then, man. Yeah, that'll be fine. That's what I wanted you to say. (laughs) My job here is done. Goodbye. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I honestly, I would be so shocked if we got a a GHB in December. Very shocked. But anyway, they've done Stranger Things. Good TV show. Um. But uh, yeah, all right. Well, if that's everything for KenCon, I think it's been a pretty decent chat. Um, it's been a very decent chat. Should we? Um, do you want to take a break and then we'll talk a little bit about upcoming events and then yeah. All right. Sounds so good. Yeah. Take yep. a bit. Take a big break. Take a quick break. Quick break, not a brick break. Well, you can have a brick break if you want. <laughs> All right, and we are back from that break, um, and we're going to have a little bit of a chat about uh, Sydney Slaughter upcoming events. Um, I think we alluded to before; just it's not going to be a big, big chat. I think James and I are still there's a lot to iron out, but I think we've kind of solidified in things that we're going to try and do. Um, so we thought we'd talk about that, and then might just touch on Runax a little bit. Won't go too deep into it because I think there might be other things in the works from some of the other people on this podcast, but. Uh, We'll, uh, we'll maybe just touch on it as it is coming up very shortly. Um, but yeah, Slaughter, um, Clint, you said obviously you're going to have to try and get along this, I say this year, next year, um, for the painting competition. As, yeah, I think we kind of said it's, we've come to the decision after running it this year that it's, I think the painting competition is probably our kind of, I guess, USP now for Slaughter. Um, so yeah, we're looking to expand expand that this year. Um, and I think we've made the decision, James, correct me if I'm wrong, and you've made a, had other thoughts, but we're going to basically keep the six categories I think that we had last year 
and yeah, um, yeah. and just go, look, we're going to do a first, second, and third prize um, for each of those categories rather than just one award for those six. Yeah. So we'll obviously significantly, I guess, expand the painting competition in terms of instead of there being six prizes, there'll be 18 prizes. Um, and it will mean that I think we'll still probably limit it to you can only enter two. Um, but you might not snag first place in two, but it, it gives you a chance to get first, second, third. You still could get first in two kind of thing. But um, hopefully I think the main thing will be a, like attracting a whole other group of people that are all about the painting and they have no interest in gaming, but they're phenomenal painters and they will come along. And um, I think that in itself is going to just lift the standard of that painting competition yeah. even more. Um, yeah. And I'm like, I'm really excited for it. And I really hope we do get those level of people um, come and enter yeah. the event. The one thing for me is I think trying to make sure that we do a bit more work leading up to the event to advertise it in different places. Cause I'm yeah. very aware that like we normally just pretty much put it through Facebook and like Twitter. And I, I'm not a huge person in those painting circles and stuff. So I want to make sure I know the groups and the places to go and who potentially in the community to message to go, Hey, can you put this yeah. message out there to make sure that everyone knows and is given the opportunity to come as well? Yeah. 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 I was just looking at, um, so for people who, I'm not aware of what the categories are. Um, so the same six from last year. So we've got Hero of Legend. Um, so this is the best painted single character. Uh, there's Regiment of Renown, which is best painted unit of five or more models on a 40 mil or less. I think I think we'll probably base. just drop. I think we'll probably just drop the basing. Stuff yeah, the basing size. I think that was the part that messed us up last year. But I think it will basically be mm. unit of five or more kind of thing. Yeah, unit five or more for Regiment of Renown. Um, and Burly, Bros Burly Bruises, uh, best painted unit of two or more models. Um, so we might have to finesse that as well. Maybe do Burly Bruises is like basically for for larger yeah. models. Like mon monstrous, infants, monstrous infantry, monstrous cavalry yeah. kind of. Yeah, I don't know. Like Stormcast Annihilators would probably fall into that because they're units of three. They're bigger. Yeah. They're not like massive, but they probably still fall into the burly bruises kind of category. Yeah, yeah. Then there's the monstrous Marvel, which is best painted single monster. Uh, the masterpiece, which is the best painted open fantasy miniatures category. And then there is the side hustle, which is best painted open category from any game system. So there you go. Yeah, there, there was one more. Characters. I thought about that you could do, which is inspired by like golden demon is uh, like there's a diorama category, I think, which I thought could be pretty cool. Like if you. Oh, like a dual the dual category or something like that. Well, there's, there's dual and there's diorama. I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think they're two. Yeah. I think they're two separate categories. They are. Yeah. But mm. yeah, like diorama is obviously more of a whole setting and a scene and all the stuff around it rather than just the mid miniatures on a, on a base kind of thing. So yeah. that could, that could be cool. Um, I, I don't want to commit to that yet. Um, maybe yeah. that'll be a, a year after thing. Um, I think, yeah, I think I'm probably keen first. to just see how, yeah. yeah, this goes doing six mm. with a first, second, third, because that's obviously still a massive uptick in, 
awards and trophies and everything like that. So, but yeah, there is there's intent if we can swing it to um, have potentially have the other room at the back. Is that right, Chris? We've put put the feelers out with um, with Pat's RSL to see if yeah, getting that room. I've put, the, um, I've put the booking request in to include that room. Um, yeah, it's never been in use over the weekend while we've run it any of the other years, so I don't think it will be a problem. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I just want to make sure. But yeah, a hundred percent. I want that room. It's then mm. we just need to decide if we use that room for the painting competition, so that we can have all the like basically a table for each of the categories so mm. that there's significant space for all of the potential entries and also to just kind of keep it separate so that you're not having to walk through the hall and set up your miniatures you can just walk in put it in this kind of contained room and space at the back and people that want to come in and just do the miniature thing can also just be in the contained space that doesn't have all the noise of the gaming and stuff going on around them um yeah. which i think because we've kind of said that the painting competition is where we want to go for improvements next year is probably what I am leaning towards using that room for rather than using it as a, we add another 12 people to the tournament and add in six gaming tables kind of thing and still just cram the painting competition to the side. I think Mm. if we want to make it a destination for the painting, I think we use the room for that and have a good setting for it. Yeah. And like, um, (laughs) excuse me. I mean, what do you, th- I mean, Clint, as someone that's considering coming to the event for the painting like side of things, like what were your uh, thoughts on that? Uh, I wasn't going to come specifically for painting. Um, I, I'm probably due another slaughter considering I've come once out of five years or something that you've run it. So probably do it again. But I think if you're going to make painting a big thing, it needs to have its own area. Yeah. 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 With like good lighting and things like that, so I was uh, just about to say that um, you know after chats with Brogan on the yeah. podcast earlier, um, hinting at you know, post chats from the cast and everything that uh, possible um, connections to obtain good display cabinets with lighting and things like that. So um, yeah, we definitely need to reach out there and um, look and look into that kind of option. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. That would be amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it would be. And again, that might be something that we we can't do it all up front because again, there's going to be cost and everything with that. It might be a because I I don't know how many people are going to be interested. Like this first year, we'll be taking a bit of a risk in terms of financing like trophies and how many people we're going to set, like how many tickets we will sell. Because honestly, I don't know. It could be twenty people. It could be a hundred people. I don't like. I don't know what the level of interest is this year. And so like at a minimum, I would maybe try and just get, if we've got six categories, the six tables in there, and I would try and invest in like six of those arc lights mm. just so that like each table can at least have an arc light over it. And then you've got that decent level of lighting. Um, Cause I don't think they're super expensive. Um, but then, yeah, I don't know. We'll, as I say, we'll, we'll we'll chat to people that have raised it, and if we mm. can get people to that can come in and help us out with like display cabinets and stuff, then awesome. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think it's a we can do everything in the first year mm. um, that yeah. we try and up it, but we'll see what we can. Probably need a few more judges. We'll probably might have to um, recruit some more judges. As yeah, well. and I want to get yeah. some 
prof- like I want to get some, I guess, professional or at least highly skilled paint judges to do it as well. Cause I, I still want my say and I do love looking at it and I want to have a look, but I'll also at that level, I'll want one help, <laughs> but I'll want more skilled opinions than mine. Cause like, let's be honest, I'm not exactly known for being a painter in the scene. Um, so yeah, I, I would want to be able to differentiate as well. First, seconds, thirds, across mm. that many miniatures at a higher standard that I'm expecting, then, yeah, I I'd, I'd definitely want the opinions of actual competent <laughs> painters. <laughs> <laughs> there might be a few of those around in the community. I, but that's I've the thing as well. Of some of them might want, some of them, a lot of them <laughs> would probably want to come and enter as well. So it's trying to find people yeah. that mm. have no interest themselves in entering. Yeah. But, but want to come along painters. and judge it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You've, yeah, there was yeah. a kind of awkward moment at Border War earlier in the year where um, I was one of the paint judges and, you know, my, one of my models was in and um, as soon as it started coming up for, like, obviously I wasn't going to be putting my yeah, one so forward, <laughs> but um, as soon as it started being talked about, I had to, I walked away and I was like, no, nope, this is too much conflict of interest here. <laughs> I can't, I can't participate in this conversation any longer. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So yeah, just yeah, removes that. But um, you know. But I'm excited, and I think um, we've come up with a name. I think it's the Mortal Blade. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. The one? I think that's the yeah. I think that's the name, the Mortal Blade. Yeah. Hmm. Like the Slayer Sword. Yeah, kind of. It might not yeah. be sword. <laughs> sword might be a stretch as well this year for prize. Um, but we'll see again, depending on how mm. many tickets I guess we sell. Like yeah. all. The, the one thing I can absolutely promise up front, as with every year at Slaughter, like every single penny, sorry, cent we get from ticket sales will go into the event, like into the prizes. Every yep. year, like we've lost money, like we will never try and make money on this. So if we sell a hundred tickets and we have however, like thousands of dollars to spend on prizes, we will just yep. get higher quality prizes if we sell 40 yeah. tickets and we have this we'll have lower quality prizes but we'll make sure there are prizes and i guess how good they are depends on how much money we have to play with kind of thing so i think the ultimate goal is just to is to break even and that, that, that everything yeah. just pays everything pays for itself and produces itself and yeah okay, that's the goal yeah. <laughs> but um yeah cool well that's it that's the that's the mortal blade he heard it here we i know we've talked about a lot in previous podcast but we thought we'd just put it out there again now just to officially say that it's happening and that the same six categories will be in play so if you're listening and you want to get involved and be a part of this part of the tournament uh yeah start planning start uh, start planning your entries now so we're in october so we've got a good a good stretch of time um for you to start planning and getting your entries together so really excited to see what you guys come up with yeah and also if you're a if you are someone that's an accomplished painter listening to this that would be happy to be a paint judge also please reach out to us and let us know yeah yeah cool and um should we talk about the ticketing and how that will sort of factor in yeah i think as we mentioned it on the slaughter wrap up episode like i think we'll have three options available for the tournament you'll have a pure gaming ticket you'll have a gaming and a painting like combined ticket and you'll have just a painting ticket so yeah all of the money from the painting only tickets will only go towards painting trophies yeah. and stuff like that all the money from the gaming will purely only go to the gaming and then 
the split of those two from anyone that buys the combined will be split as the ticket price yeah. clearly it gets split so all the prizes for the gaming side will come from the gaming pool and all the prizes for the painting will come from the painting pool um we'll probably do a small discount on the two individual tickets if you buy a combined um not set on the pricing yet so i don't want to say anything we're going to think about that um i still am a firm believer that events are too cheap in australia i think to be honest like personally i would pay more and the more that tos have to spend the better the event they can put on because as we've already said i'm certainly not looking to make any money from it it would just be nice to get to a point where we can break even but like if we charge people more it means we have more to give back for prizes and and whatever or getting nicer terrain and, and whatever it is um ultimately it's going to be prize support and nicer trophies and stuff like that um yeah. so yeah we, we we need to have a think about what that price is um i know there was a huge hurrah in previous years when i put the price up to buy terrain um so if we put the price up not needing to buy terrain again some people might be aggrieved but if they are i'm sorry maybe it's not the event for you but i i am a firm believer that people need to be more comfortable paying more everything else is going up as well i think it's a premium hobby and people like for a whole weekend of entertainment and like the amount of effort and stuff that goes into them and the amount of people involved i think people paying 60 65 is nothing like uk events are like 65 70 pounds kind of thing so the fact that australian events even with just with currency conversion aren't in the 120 130 range has always to me been a bit like oh really and so trying to organize an event in that environment where i'm kind of like oh fuck people expect to only be a like pay 50 bucks a weekend the first few years has been a bit of a struggle for venues and everything and to be honest i'm like nah i want to put on a decent event and people need to recognize that that comes from the ticket price um and i'm not going to take people's money and run with it i'm gonna like i say i'm i've spent personally thousands of my own money running slaughter for the last few years like i'm not looking to ever make any money so 100 percent of that is always going to go into the event but i want to put on a good event and be able to give people nice prizes that they can be proud of and display etc and part of that is stuff's getting more expensive like i'm probably going to put the ticket price up i'm not going to put the ticket price up ludicrously but honestly i, I think the ticket price is going to go up a bit this year like the more i think about it i'm getting pretty firm on the position that the ticket will go up a bit um but mm -hmm. as i say it's not going to be mental um i don't like honestly i feel like it probably like it's not going to go above 100 like i'm i'm pretty set i won't put it above 100 um but where that lands we'll see um but yeah for anyone that that means they can't do the weekend like i'm really sorry um i would hope that in all honesty 15 to 20 dollars difference between one year doesn't mean that anybody that has come in previous years suddenly can't come because let's be honest it's it's a couple two of beers, mate. it's two less drinks exactly <laughs> like if you want to come i'm sure you can come kind of thing um but 15 20 a ticket on an event size of 64 people makes a big impact on the level of stuff we can provide so Wait, it's um, mcdonald's it's mcdonald's breakfast you know <laughs> i yeah i think i personally think the the benefits that we'll get from it will outweigh the the, the downsides to the people that might be affected by that 15 20 difference um but it's something i i'm gonna push and not in the hopes that other events take it up but also like i'm happy to be the first person that someone goes their events a bit expensive if other people then go 
well, I'm also been thinking it and I'm going to put ticket prices up because I also want to be able to run a better event kind of thing. So I don't yeah. mind. I'll be that guy. I've always made controversial decisions every year for slaughter, so I'll keep doing it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How dare you? <laughs> You're not raining me. You're not raining me back, James. You never do. <laughs> no, I like seeing it all go ahead. And um, yeah, I love the drama. But yeah, um, it'll be cool to see you to see you there, Clint. And um, yeah, oh, I'm, get, I'm not get making along any and... promises yet. That's fair enough. I know next <laughs> year is a big year for you, so um, yeah, yeah. But no, it'll be cool. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it again. And yeah, we need to get yeah. planning. The first thing I have to do is sort the website out. <laughs> I think it's ninety percent there. I just need to. Yeah. Have have the final i'm starting to get the updates now saying this plugin needs needs updating rather than your website is having a critical error <laughs> so your website we're, is we're, broken we're somewhere um, thanks yeah. for your help if, on that if, yeah i was just about to say if only you knew a web developer that could assist you with getting your website where it needed to be yeah yeah can't but think yeah. of anyone yeah we'll, uh, <laughs> no i can't either the aim is to do <laughs> the ticket sales and stuff through the website um, which yeah. I know we tried to do an earlier year, but I think we'll look at it a bit more. Didn't this quite time work as well. It. it worked all right. It was like, it's the PayPal thing. And then that just hits Soxy with all this fees and crap. It's rubbish. You, you just build that into your ticket price. You just got to build it into Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yep. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. All right. Should we just chat a little bit about Runax and stuff? Because that is a big event in on the Australian calendar that is coming up very shortly. Um, and then I think we can call it a show because you guys are obviously on a team. Yes, we are. We have the wet, we are the wet palette warriors getting together for a second time. So last time I think it was 2019 was the yeah. last yeah. Renax we actually got to as a team. Um, but that was the it, last it, interstate one. I think um, there was a Queensland one, um, but I think this will be the next this year will be the final where everyone can come back in together together again. So, yeah, yeah, because last year the borders were closed. Yeah, again, or or they weren't open at a time when Gabe could make it call. So I think it went back to just Queensland teams. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, in my Facebook memories today, it came up the st- giant stack of all the squigs that I had bought for yeah. <laughs> 2019. Literally, they're all in boxes. Like it. I've clearly just unpacked it at work and sat it against a wall and taken a photo. I think it's in the back office at work. Um, so you're already well ahead of the ball game now. <laughs> yeah, because I've been worried uh, that what I'm working on, I wasn't going to get done. But this time, <laughs> last last Runex that I went to, my army wasn't. The, I didn't even have it at this stage. Like, so I'm already <laughs> miles ahead. Like it's all assembled now and, and underway. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So we're actually yeah. what, let's say, what time of recording. It's now the second of October. So it's five it's a month weeks and away. Three days or something like that. Yeah. Because it's the fifth and sixth, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the same same weekend as Brisbane Supernova. For the nerdy types Jeez, out there. God, it's coming up quick. God. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. And lists lists are due next weekend, the ninth of. Um, yeah. uh, they're due the eighth. Eighth, sorry, the Saturday the eighth. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
I'm gonna put a, I'm gonna put a reminder in for myself because I'm the team captain this year, so I need to make sure that I'm actually on that. Yeah, yeah, I I am the team captain uh, this year, so that means that I will hit people with sticks if they don't have lists to me. <laughs> means uh, we won't be staying in a um in some backwater place and trying to find a breakfast. I was gonna say, have yeah, you actually been able to find station. accommodation in Logan yet? Because <laughs> I want to stay on the Saturday night. And I can't find accommodation in Logan. Like, yeah. I have to say that that's something else we need to organise. So, yeah. <laughs> we haven't that's booked my anything. Bad. Like, Airbnb, <laughs> my, that's is, not, my bad Airbnb as... is not an option. So, yeah, I don't know. Oh, God. Yeah. Really? Mm. Yeah, there's literally nothing. So, I think maybe we need, I need to, like, look at motels we'll just, or hotels we'll or something. But, yeah. Probably Airbnb, your... not an option. Probably just stay at your house, Chris. Yeah, yeah, I'm not even staying at my house, James. So <laughs> well, there'll be more room. Good luck with that. Because <laughs> it's no. a deep, like I want to be able to drink and chill out on the Saturday, which yeah. means like I need to stay on the Saturday night because it's it's a freaking expensive taxi or whatever to get back to Brisbane from Logan or even there... to like the in-laws on on uh, Oxenford. It's a good 25 minute drive, probably either way, which is an expensive taxi. So. Yeah. 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 Shit. So, <laughs> I'm gonna get I'm gonna together. have a look, and then if I <laughs> if I find something, I'll let you know. But yeah, I need to have a look. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, the other people in my team are gonna need accommodation as well. So. <laughs> yeah. We're doomed. We're doomed. No, we're not. It'll all be fine. <laughs> it will be fine. You just you just stay slightly further out. That's all you do. Yeah, if yeah. it's less of a drive, it's less of a drive. That's how it works, right? But yeah. I assume you guys, like, I know you're not going to talk about it now, but like, I assume you guys know basically what armies and lists you're kind of working towards because of the obviously with the pack, you can't share war scrolls, including endless spells, incarnates, etc. So, like, I assume you kind of know. Yeah, we've got yeah. our base, we've got our factions. Yep. Um, but we haven't really had that chat about which endless spells is going to take who. He's oh. going to take the Pebble Sun. He's going to take the Cronspine. I think you're taking. No, the we've Cronspine. had the we've had the chat about the Cronspine because yeah. I went. Who's taking a Cronspine? Because I've bought one, uh, <laughs> and I would like to use it, please. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think you're the you're the Cronspine villain. Yep, you're the, you're the team villain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> every yeah. team, every team is going to have one though. Like yeah, every yeah. team will have one. So mine yeah. fits though because my army is from Gur, so you know. Yeah. It fits like my, yeah. my my whole army thing is you know primal and gurish and destructiony and yeah 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 I think we've got yeah we've got a good spread of um and now are you is your team going to be doing any cosplay because it started to mm. become a thing across some tournaments uh, and yeah. I wonder if teams will be more of a thing probably not. Look, I, I thought about getting a gut plate that might be <laughs> to people about what I'm bringing um, for to wear, like over the top of clothes, of course, because you know, okay, the Cronspine's going to be bad enough. People don't need to see me shirtless as well. Um, <laughs> I mean, James, I do. If, you're playing, if you're playing Soul Blight and it's next to Halloween, it's like the easiest costume ever. Let's be honest. I think I've actually got like from. Another life. I've got like a silk shirt with a, this black lace cravat. 
with lace, like with lace cuffs and stuff. Jeez. Oh, okay. Right down the vampire range. I'm just thinking you'd be wearing a skeleton costume, but <laughs> no, you got to be like a You got to be the leader. You go, great Lord of Darkness. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm going to have that. What's the tyrant got? <laughs> like he's got a big glaive and you know horns coming out of his gut plate. I'm going to yeah. go with the full hog. Big hammer. Be, yeah. Big hammer. Work. Work. Big mallet, almost. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I I feel like some teams will be very much cosplaying, very much leaning into their thing. We could um your... we've already seen Scott isn't afraid to dress up as Marathi. So... Your character's name could be <laughs> Flint Mallet. Oh god. That's terrible. <laughs> I love it, but it's terrible. <laughs> uh, oh, actually, yeah, we'll have to get some pantaloons for Brant now. <laughs> I was going to say, Brant, Brant only probably... has one army, right? So he's definitely taking yeah. free guild. That's <laughs> the thing, yeah. There was, there was some s- certain people were just locked in. It's like, yeah. well, Brant paints one thing, so that's what he's taking. And we know what Travis <laughs> is bringing, so. Yes. Like, mm. Well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's touch and, touch and go. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk no, you about can't, that. You, when... you can't give him any flex. You're like, no, that is what you're bringing, Trav. You have to get it done. Mm. There is no, There is no <laughs> and... plan B. And then James <laughs> has Soul Blight or Night Haunt, so Death was probably going to be where he was going. Yeah, definitely. And I'm the person who likes to paint a new army for a Brunex. So, mm. yeah, I still honestly don't know because all I know is that we're not Elf Bros. So, yeah, like not Elf Bros. That's the new name. Um, not yeah. Elf Bros. On the shelf, Bros. Um... Just Bros, bro. Just Bros. <laughs> But um, just, yeah, we're I just don't know. bros now. Just bros. Um, but yeah, so who's I don't in, know. Isn't your team, Chris? So it's me, Liam, and Jeff, <coughs> and then I need to find a fourth. Um, well, we'll so, see. Find your fourth. But yeah, so like, I'm not going to impose. You have to take elves, and like I say, like Jet, I'm pretty sure he's taking Soul Blight, I think, which is surprising. Um, he's a destruction <laughs> lad. What's he doing? Yeah. Um, apparently, his list is good. I don't know. But um, like Ooh, a, yeah, yeah, but I, he's I what... not. Jet, Jet is <laughs> decent, I think. Um, I'm just throwing shade at Jet for no particular reason other than bring him down, Jet. Jet. And I, I think we need to grudge the I, wet palette warriors. And I haven't seen Jet in a long time, and I owe him. He will, help. he will take you down. Can you take grudges at Brunex? No, you can't. Oh, that would have actually been fun to grudge. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, otherwise Jet. we. Definitely wouldn't have played the uh, like the Toowoomba team last time. Yeah, true. <laughs> but yeah, I've got no idea. Like, I, I could take my LRL. I could take Seraphon. I could take KO. I could take OBR. I don't know. Honestly, got you have no many clue. options. I th- yeah. yeah, I don't know. I could take Deepkin. Like, I need to repair my Deepkin if I'm going to take them though. Um, mm. So yeah, I was thinking I'd leave them, but. Like, I was planning on taking LRL um, when we were going to keep it as Elf Bros, but if my options are open, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I probably won't. Uh, I don't know. I could play Sylvaneth. I probably won't. But, yeah, honestly, I don't know. Um, I have to make a decision. I think I've decided what I'm taking for CanCon, so maybe I take the same army and get some test play, but I don't know. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll leave that one until after yeah. this submission, maybe. You literally are going to... Roll a roll the dice on Saturday, aren't you? 
no <laughs> i can't because I, i'm the sort of person that i'm like oh i don't know and then i'll roll the dice and i'll go nah i'm not taking that <laughs> so, yeah just it'll help your decisions like i will kind of know what i want to take and be like yeah nah not that one and then i'll, be like, I'll roll again and be like nah not that one <laughs> <laughs> you'll still so, that'll uh, help you that'll, that's that's like reverse choosing you know yeah yeah, I'm almost like, do we build lists as well? Like, do we have certain lists that do certain things for, like, mm. the pairings process as well? Thinking, like, okay, if I think this list is going to be there, but then I'm like, I'm not going to try and be competitive because it's like, we already know that, like, I don't know who my fourth team member is, so it's going to be whoever's available and going to join. And also, yeah. like, Jet and Liam, like, yeah, I don't think they're overly bothered about winning or being competitive so i'm like look i just want to have a good weekend and have fun yeah i still yeah. want to i still want to play as i say it might be worth me taking the army that i'm planning on taking to cancon to get some tournament games in yeah um and it might i also think that army's probably good for teams but yeah we'll see but yeah all right i think mm. should we wrap it up there um yep call it a show unless any final thoughts from either of you guys no. 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 All right. Well, fuck you all. See you later then. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That's just wrong. Bit yeah. of a different ending. Nah. Okay. Yeah, sweet. Cool. No worries, man. Good night. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks as always. And um, yeah, we will see you on the next show. Thanks for coming on, Clint, but as well. You're welcome. <laughs> it's been great having you the on the show. Pros. You guys are pros. This has been great having you on the show. Thanks for being here and talking about CanCon and spending a good three hours of your precious time talking to us clowns. Three hours <laughs> that I could be painting angry, hungry men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also Warhammer. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm not sure what this has evolved into at that point. Uh, well, but no, obviously, started. yeah. Thank you for your time. Um, it's been good to hear about insights and stuff for CanCon. It's been a good chat. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing you guys in five weeks' time for Runex. Oh, yeah. It's going to be so much fun. Can't wait. You've been listening to Mortally Wounded Podcast. You can contact Chris on Twitter at Wounded Mortally. You can contact James on Instagram at Duke Cadric. Our website is www.mortallywoundedpodcast.com Check out the shop where you'll find some super sexy swag for your hobby. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.